Regal Movie Masters. Unlimited. This is the Regal Movie Masters Unlimited podcast where we indiscriminately watch every goddamn movie that comes out at the local theaters. Your movie masters today are seen. Hi. Brent. Hello. Dylan. What's up? And I'm Colin. We got a Joker's Wild four pack. Is there, there's not four Joke. I'm just going to get something else entirely. Two right. Jokers. <laughs> Two Jokers. Four, four suits. Four of a kind. Four pairs. Four pairs. Yeah. And we got four movies. Uh, we're, doing, <laughs> we're looking at The Equalizer 3, Bottoms, The Good Mother, and The Hill this week. As always, everything is going to be very spoiled. So this is your warning right now. Um, you've, you've been warned officially. We do have an email address in which you can contact us. The address is moviemasters760 at gmail.com. If you have any comments, questions, suggestions, etc., hit that email, moviemasters760 at gmail.com. Um, how's everyone doing? Everyone good? It's hot. Yeah, that is. <laughs> you know why? Because we got the Equalizer 3 has been equalizing all over the place. And now there's just so much global warming because of all of the equalizing he's been doing. Mm. The Equalizer uh, was directed by Antoine Fuqua, starring Denzel Washington. It's the story of um, this guy. He was equalizing all over the place for two movies. Mm-hmm. This time he's settling down in a, a really nice looking area. It's the Amalfi Coast in Italia. And he's uh he he was there he did a real quick like equalizing yeah he equalized <laughs> a um Syrian drug ring real quick just like you know to get you in the mood to what your your palate for some equalizing and then he got hurt in that and by a little kid they omarred him like from uh in the wire a little kid shot him spoilers so he that puts him in the uh, Amalfi Coast. <laughs> The sorry, sorry, you just now started the wire. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, listen, you've had time. You've been warned. Oh, yeah. We didn't tell them that we spoil TV shows <laughs> yeah, every, from 20 years ago. Everything in the world. Yeah. It's the equalizer. Everyone's getting equalized. Anyways, um, they, so he's, he's heard he's on the coast and he's finding home there. But then uh, he just, he's got an itching. He got sees itch. some bad things. He's got some things that don't sit well with him. And if you know my man Denzel in these movies, he just, uh, he doesn't like it. He's got to equalize. And so, lo and behold, he just starts equalizing out all over the place in this little Italian town, just totally equalizing these little Italian mobsters who are just trying to make a living. Like, it's kind of funny. It is, and everyone in the movie, they're just like, hey, this is our culture here. Like, these guys, they just take a piece of the pie and they, you know, rough people up and they do like small town mob stuff. But it's getting worse. Because they're bringing drugs in, right? And they're buying up all the property and pushing out the local people. Yeah, they want a hotel. Oh man, that was a beautiful scene. <laughs> There's like you know, very typical like, um, uh, I can't sell. I grew up here, and they're like, ah, oh, don't worry about it. Well, it's not a problem. The lawyers will handle this. Next, uh, next scene, they're throwing a guy in a wheelchair out the window. <laughs> They tie a noose around his neck and then push him and his wheelchair out the window. The wheelchair falls down to the ground, but the guy is still hanging. It's so unnecessary. Yeah, this is. it's worth noting, I guess, and maybe that's a segue to say this is like a huge ramp up in violence compared yeah. to the previous two Equalizer films. Which and were violent. 
of course, yeah. I felt like they were kind of like a like a diet John Wick guy. Doesn't like what he sees. Is doesn't like the disrespect he sees around him. And then he, you know, equalizes shit. There's like off-screen equalizing going yeah. on in those movies. <laughs> and it should be noted uh, that the equalizer itself, the first one, came out in 2014, and it was kind of a revitalization of the series, the TV series, which ran from '85 to '89. And then, um, you know who did the uh, the theme song for the Equalizer television show? Uh, Danzig. Stuart Copeland. And oh, it was uh, the, the, t- the theme of it is called Busy Equalizing, which is so goddamn <laughs> funny to me. Maybe not anyone else. Um, and then, uh, then the second Equalizer comes out in 2018. And then to complicate matters, Queen Latifah stars in a reboot of the Equalizer TV series, which is still running and uh, doing well. So... I, I, there's not really a monopoly. There's a there's a Equalizer book series. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, the original writer uh, who did the TV show in the '80s. He's got three novels under his and belt. And then he grabs a shot glass and yeah. pushes it through a guy's <laughs> eye. Yeah, it's not even comic book form. You have no. to just imagine the violence. Yeah. Which I guess it could be better in your head. Yeah, I I, I wanted to throw together some kind of like lukewarm take about this being like kind of um, post pandemic. Uh, male fantasy stuff because if you see, holy shit, where are you going with this? <laughs> I mean, well, if you see, if you track the equalizing and the uh-huh. level of violence in the equalizing that happened in the previous two films, it's the same director, uh, Antoine Fuqua. Yeah, Antoine Fuqua, who's like a cool. I didn't know he was a. He's he's, he's done a lot of he's done a lot of really cool movies. He did, he did the Training Day, which of course kind of puts him on the map with old Denzel. And, uh, and and yeah, these are I don't know these are cool movies. Like the, the previous two have been like fifty to sixty million budget. This one's like I think seventy five millions. They're not too bloated. They make reasonable, respectable returns. This is all to say, like the violence getting ramped up aggressively. I mean, we're talking like you know what's the what's the the shot of the film where he punches through a guy's with face. the pistol? Yeah, with the pistol and, and starts spins around, guys. starts shooting through the yes. There's not that equalizing isn't there in the the previous entries, which okay. I mean, listen, I always felt like the post nine eleven takes were always pretty weak too. Like, oh, this is a post nine eleven movie. It's about you know people bringing their you know masculinity back or whatever the fuck. But you know, if I have to you know just guess what happened between Equalizer two and Equalizer three, and what might um I don't know just ramp up the aggression. Uh, in the franchise, it's a lukewarm take. I don't. I don't agree with this take. I'm gonna go with maybe they ramped up the violence to counter the increasing age of the star because it's 71 now. So maybe like just you, John Wick. Yeah, yeah, could be that. yeah but could be John, John Wick, Wick was already call. happening. I know, but then everyone was like, "Oh, we love John Wick," and they were like, well, "Okay, well. okay, if you guys like this, <laughs> yeah, that's a warmer so. take." Yeah, but either way, there is a, definitely a tonal difference. I think the second one is pretty close. Okay. I feel like the way that I feel about the Fast and Furious movies, like they just which is just like, okay, sillier. yeah, they just get, keep getting crazier and crazier. That's not to say that this was, it like hurt the movie. Yeah. I mean, it makes it impossible to take seriously as far as, instead of just being incredibly far-fetched. I mean, it's it's silly. It's a kindly old gentleman just exacting brutal revenge on everything around him. It's like the yin to falling down yang. That's the whole franchise. But when you start seeing like 
heads blow up and people in wheelchairs get pushed out <laughs> of buildings. It starts to get a little like, um, I don't know, less grounded. But I mean, overall, I, I feel like this is a this is a fun watch. I, I think the series is pretty fun. I'm fine with it. It's, uh, you know, I mean, not that this is beginning, middle and end of everything, but uh, a black director and a black lead and a, you know, franchise that keeps going like and is popular with people, has an international appeal. Denzel is still cool to me. I don't know if I'm like of a certain age group where it's like Denzel is cool. That was just like pitched to me my whole life. So I'm just going to keep thinking that. Well, of all the uh, of all the senior citizen action movies, meaning like Indiana Jones, Mission Impossible, I think there was probably a couple others this year that I'm forgetting off the cuff. But I think Denzel threads the needle because he has something, you know, on screen that's like more, perhaps more charismatic than an aging Tom Cruise. Or I think, you're, I think you're doing my man Tom Cruise dirty. I'm not going to let you get away with that. <laughs> uh, Denzel's not that old. I mean, he's just uh, 71. 71. That's what he said. He's not yeah. 900 years old like yeah, Harrison Ford. Yeah, but, but you know what I mean? Like, like traditionally when people cross over in their 60s and 70s in film, they start taking, you know, more uh, mature roles versus right. just like, I'm going to jab a fucking pistol through a guy's eye, spin him around and start shooting other dudes. Well, I think that was kind of the... Re- it, or uh, Sylvester Stallone with that, that, that first Rambo remake. Reboot. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe kind of... Got that is, going. There, there is a parallel there for sure. But um, even in the first one, I think the kind of joke was, not joke, but the premise is he's like... Normal guy. Yeah, over the over the hill. And he's like, you see him lacing up the new bowels and, mm-hmm. you know, going to work at Home Depot. It's mm-hmm. like a very kind of a cliche old guy stuff. So you don't expect him to just start equalizing like he does. And then when he does, it's fun to see. And this is 10 years after that movie... So given the premise that the movie started with, you know, I don't yeah. think he's like exempt from it. Or it's whatever. a strange art because I mean, like, even though I'm not at 60 or 70 yet, I find myself feeling less inclined toward violence the older and older I get. Right. So is he, but he just has, I know. he just keeps getting pulled back he, in. Oh, he okay. tries so hard. He really does. He just wants a quiet little life. Man, if there aren't some jerks out there. And they just need equalizing. And uh, yeah, it, the, it's carried with such coolness. And he tries very hard to get out of the violence. The violence is like a last resort in these movies. Yeah. But there is a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's for the greater good and everything. It's it's fine. It's it, it has a dusting of the kindness power fantasy that we were kind of outlying with like uh jewels and mm-hmm. those kind of movies where a man called Otto, you know kindness power fantasies at the heart of it it's that except there is a lot of over-the-top violence <laughs> i can't in. i can't buy any other if you were to put any other person in that role other than denzel i don't think i would have liked it as much yeah and i'm not even a denzel fan i just i just think that his charisma gets away with or helps him get away with so much more than other actors would justine you want to hit him with the iconic line I don't want to spoil it for you. <laughs> no one who else could deliver that? Who else could deliver God, that? That was nice. And it's, of course, you know, I, I think that groundwork is kind of laid in mm-hmm. training day to an extent where it's like, I'm a cool guy, but I'm very dangerous. And you're going to kind of be more afraid of me as this movie goes on and get kind of uncomfortable. I think they edited out or they just didn't use his trademark laugh in the movie, but it's in the trailer. 
wow, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, they want to put butts in seats, but they don't want to, you know, let yeah. me call it uh, interfere with the art. Yep. He doesn't laugh. You know, there is a lot less, like, downtime in this one. Right. It's just so full of him doing wild stuff that you can't really fit it in. But there is, like, a bunch. In the other ones, I was just realizing, like, in the first one, he's, like, sitting in a cafe a bunch. Right, right. What's the one where there's, like, a kid doing a mural? That's the second one where he teaches a a, a young man to stay out of gangs and learn about the power of art. Yes, that's so cool. And, uh, I gotta watch that. So yeah, he's like in the community a lot. Hell yeah. And then this one, I guess he's like there. But, yeah. Uh, hey, they welcomed him into. He said they, they came up to him and said, "You are one of us now." During the the movie on the side of the building. Yeah. So the way that you have uh, off screen equalizing in the other ones, you right. have off screen uh, bonding, community bonding. Right. Right. In this one. Yeah, you just have to take just like you you just take them at their word that an yeah. equalizing has occurred. In the previous films, whether or not you see the equalizing or not, you this see the one effects. <laughs> yes, this one you just have to assume that he's you know bonding with the people while Dakota Fanning is learning about her stuff. Yeah. Oh, that was Dakota Fanning. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah, cool. That, that speaking of the ramping up, he helps a girl, you know, a, an escort, right? Yeah, like out of some trouble in, that's the, first in the first one. Movie, yeah, and then in the second one, there's like some gangs. And well, the second one, her his friend gets killed by this like international cartel of people. But the the mom, the lady who gets killed in the second one is the mom of Dakota Fanning in this one. Yeah. Boom! Didn't see is that, that what one the flashback coming. Is? Yes. Yeah, I picked it up. That's them yeah. connecting the 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 deep deep lore of the uh, Equalizer <laughs> saga. And the fourth one will probably pass it along to the guy that got the yeah that he rescued from yeah, the gang. Yeah, that would yeah, be good. Yeah, they yeah. could do for a new, the new equalizer. Oh, mm-hmm. boy. But the equalizer did spend time like in the CIA. Yeah, before he has to he do out. a lot of training yeah, before, before that. you can just you can't just start equalizing out the gate. You gotta do some legwork. But so he's dealing with like gang stuff and like international. I don't know, mobs or something. And then in the third one, he's dealing with terrorists, international, <laughs> like CIA stuff. The and, literal mafia. Yeah. Drug stuff. Yeah. So in the in the opening equalizing, oh my God, I forgot how, like the punchline of all of this. So in the opening equalizing, he breaks up this um, Italian drug ring and they are importing drugs from Syria they are, and they say this phrase, jihad drugs. Yeah. That they are, the, the ISIS, they take these drugs and they They're turn down the up. crackheads. They yep. turn down the monsters. You don't know how it is out there, man. And so, you know, it's very important that they break up this ring. And, but really what's happening is the Syrians are trading them. They're branded drugs. They sell them drugs with the little moon, crescent moon and star on them. So you know that it's the good stuff. And the, the mafia has been selling them in the small town. And like, bro, the equalizer just got there. He's not going to stand for that. What were you thinking? Yeah. No. And um, he calls uh, Homeland Security, uh, who Dakota Fanning works for. And then she, you know, helps. She's, you know, doing equalizing in her way. Um, <laughs> she uh, breaks up that ring, fought, traces the money, blah, blah, blah. Then... At the end of the movie, basically, Denzel's like, okay, take this money and give it to this guy back in America 
who was like a contractor whose money his pension his pension got like depleted by hackers who were connected to the original guy who uh, was doing the drug smuggling. And so this whole thing... He accidentally stumbled into. <laughs> he had a few extra minutes. He decided to like, log on, check his email, and he saw an open tab, and he's like, wait a minute. The, the whole... Oh, wait. And not only that, I think, if I'm not crazy, the only reason he got that money back for that guy, or the only reason Denzel is connected to the guy whose pension got hacked was because he was getting... Buying books from them from a bookstore? Am I crazy? Or was that the second one? The second, second one. That's the second the one. The girl he saved. So I don't even know what his connection is to... Oh, no. He gave him a Lyft ride. He yeah. worked for Lyft. Oh, yeah. And the guy just explained to him, yeah, I got my pension hacked. And he's like, hmm. No, like a job for... <laughs> so he goes... So the real... You don't see... It's not laid out like this in the movie. You don't know about the pension thing till the very end. He could yeah. have taken millions, but instead he took the exact amount, which is like $347,000.26 or something like that. Yeah. And Put had it in it, a backpack. And, and had that sent back... After breaking up the drug ring, the terror... The ISIS-funded drug ring, after breaking up the mafia... He sends Dakota Fanning to bring the money, the pension guy's money back. And that's why all of this happened. It's because they asked this guy's like, pension fund. I'm going to go get your money and then do some other stuff. Did, <laughs> Dylan, did, was there enough murders in this movie for you? Murders? Yeah. Do you like the murders? Oh, yeah. The murders were cool. I thought the murders were pretty cool. Bunch of guys getting hit by cars randomly. Yeah. Oh, that I yeah, love that yeah, scene. Yeah. That was twice. Sick. So you Twice. see a guy get hit with a car, and you're like, "Well, that's all. That's that. That fills the quota of no. like, violent car hits." And then it happens again, just fucking cuz. Yeah, you it's think, a driving culture over there, yeah. you know. So <laughs> and are you like, "Oh, well, things happen in three. So is there a third? No, just twice. Just yeah, twice. Twice. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no. I mean, it was pretty fucking sick, honestly. Yeah. Did you have a favorite murder? Uh, the pistol getting thrown into or being pushed in that dude's eyes. So shot. good. Like right off the bat too. So like it sets the hook and you're like, okay, I'm in. Like even though I hadn't seen any Equalizer <laughs> TV show or movie before I went and watched this, I was like, yep, I'm watching this. I, I was psyched. <laughs> very uh, very Punisher Warzone energy, would you say? Yeah. When, when those are happening. Yeah. Because yeah. in yeah. Warzone, it's happening like every five seconds. Right. <laughs> but in this one, it's like a slow burn in in. That violence, <laughs> yeah, it's just a, it's just a, a kindly old gent acclimating to a different culture, and then boom, Punisher war zones. <laughs> yeah, if if you could add a murder to the movie, uh, is there anything that comes to mind, like a creative kill? Oh, no, I didn't think about it like that. I haven't put much thought. About I mean, we're talking about a movie where, yeah, like a, a gun gets jammed into a dude's ocular cavity, and a man gets pushed <laughs> out of a window on a wheelchair while being hanged. Yeah, so, yeah, the, the the bar's pretty high. But um, the for the car getting hit by a car, it's not the same because one guy gets squished. Okay, that's true. And then that one guy is gets true. hit. The other guy gets hit, and he's like just dying anyways. Yeah, he's, so, he's, he's best, poisoned. Yeah, the best kills I oh, think. Oh, that was sick. Are that, that he really makes old. the <laughs> drug mafia man. OD. Poetic justice. That, that was another aspect of his kills. Is like he times, you know, stuff right down to the second. He's like, you got nine seconds to decide yeah. in the opening scene. And then like for that poison scene, he's just like, yeah, you have six minutes. And he cuts him loose. He's just, and just walking oh, behind God. him. <laughs> as Vengeance. He's crawling through the streets, foaming <laughs> yeah. at the mouth. And he's like, just walking this guy. Gets hit by a car. You're fine. Keep, <laughs> keep crawling. 
a understated element to the equalizer skill set is knowing every single language in the world. Oh yeah, that's important. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just fucking cause. They yeah, didn't why not? do his eye thing. What's the eye they thing? didn't like when he's gonna equalize and like he does like oh, this, yeah. the quicksilver thing. <laughs> yeah, if you watch the other movies, he goes into equalizer vision where he's like, yeah. oh, I could equalize that guy, I could equalize <laughs> this guy, and then that will lead to this guy getting equalized. Um, so yeah, no, no they equal. Took it out. They didn't need it. No equalized vision. Cool. But there is a there is a POV shot. Yeah. He, when he's he's like thinking back of killing all those guys in the oh, winery. Right. <laughs> Hardcore Henry, like the, the guys from uh, Crank, showed up and did that real quick. <laughs> oh shit! I just thought of a cool kill that could happen. Okay, so like since he's now poisoning people, he could poison another guy and time it. Since he's like right down to the second, he could time it so the guy like passes out with his foot on the gas. And it, and it hits like an embankment and it goes flying through a window in a hotel and kills like a mob guy. I mean, we don't know that he didn't do that. I know. There's some saying. mob guys dead. And yeah. Could be on the cutting room floor. He's still, he's still equalizing off screen. Yeah. Don't think just because you don't see Denzel that he's not equal. Denzel's so cool. Denzel's cool. This is a, this might be old data, but as of 20 years ago, they said that no other actor on screen has ever had a face as symmetrical as Denzel Washington. They said it's like perfect from, you know, from hemisphere to hemisphere. I'll buy it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why they say he's so handsome. Mm-hmm. That's why they pay him the big bucks. Damn right. Still. What else is he doing right now? <laughs> he's just been equalizing this whole time. <laughs> he's just equalizing. <laughs> Off screen. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen, uh, seen our man in action. But also hasn't because we just watched this movie. So <laughs> good job. Uh, so overall, uh, the equalizer, all things being equal, um, is this, uh, are we going to take the, the trip to Italia and acclimate to the culture? Which by the way, is I'm convinced the whole reason this movie exists, right? Like this is a, this is the other side of the vacation movie. <laughs> like the, there's a, there was like that Clooney and Sandra Bullock movie last year where it was yeah. like, oh, they didn't even have a movie. They just went out here and we're just watching them. Julia Roberts. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, this is a this is the positive side of the vacation movie. So are we uh we flying out to Italia? Or are we gonna stay grounded on this one? All things being equal. I'll fly uh, I'll go out to Italia. This is a, a fun, dumb action movie. I enjoyed myself thoroughly. Yeah, I'll go sit in the cafe. To be honest, that town looked really boring. Nah, it was, <laughs> you know, it I looked really boring. It's a nice place to retire. That's why he wants to live there. You have to walk up and down like a thousand stairs. That's just yeah, that's just Europe. <laughs> that's in how general. you stay fit. Yeah, I guess. That's... And I don't know. I think like um, I I guess I was kind of confused on that because he's like stranded in this place with no money and just relying on the kindness of strangers, eating out every meal. Yeah. <laughs> no breakfast, lunch, and dinner. A lot of cafe action going. People are on. just like, no, you don't have to pay because you're friends with the doctor guy, but. Seems like he's maybe overstepping his bounds. Yeah, on like that maybe one. a little bit. But no, I don't know. I thought it was quaint. You don't think he just has money? I don't know. He, from equalizing all those years, he doesn't get paid for the equalizing. Oh, I know, but I'm saying he's like, just uh, in the equalizing. Like when he was an agent, you don't think he was? He has like a bunch uh, of money left over. I don't know. He seems to be. A, he's he's in it for the love of the game. Man. He's like in incognito mode there, though. Right, like they don't know who he is. He was really. working at Home Depot. You know? I know, like, but I think that's just to keep face. <laughs> yeah, that could cover. You know. I'm sure his bank account's like mills, bro. <laughs> I'm sure he's got a sledgehammer and he like breaks open the floor and there's just like guns and money and stuff, you know? He is Everywhere. always like flying all over the world. Right, right. Yeah. Just to equalize, like off the books equalizing well, yeah. on well, his own dime. He is like a no one. Yeah. So he could just kind of walk around. They think he's dead. Yeah. Officially. You look good for a dead man. 
It's a great line. I'll, I'll listen to that in every movie. Every time they say that in any movie, in any context, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Only one day I'll be able to use that line. I don't know on who or what. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say who are you gonna say that to? We're I don't know. Kill them. <laughs> no, you they they think you're you think they're dead. They're like officially dead. Oh, and you're like you look good for a dead man. I'm like, well, rumors of my death have been greatly exaggerated. You say that too. <laughs> the first of two movies where somebody forces somebody else to OD. <laughs> yes, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, in a in a bit. I'm going to go to Italia. I'm going to bring Bill Hader, Fred Armisen, and Will Ferrell and a pack of cigarettes. I'm going to sit in the same uh, cafe seat every day while Bill Hader and Fred Armisen speak fake Italian and Will Ferrell eats pasta in the background. Loved it. I'll go to Italy, sure. Bottoms is a uh, film directed by Emma Seligman and uh, written by as well along with uh, uh, co-star Rachel Sinat it is a fourth movie this year to co-star A.O. Edaberry uh, her playing Josie Josie and Rachel Sinat's PJ are besties in high school and they I'll, I'll just give you the official summary this is <laughs> their words not mine two unpopular queer high school students start a fight club to have sex before graduation which um has all the writings on the wall of a bad movie. <laughs> and I was like really not looking forward to that because of this kind of string of films we've been getting, like Bros or No Hard Feelings, where it's just like... Garbage R-rated comedy. Yeah, strays for the love of God, where it's like, you know, these kind of crude R-rated comedies, but with like maybe uh, either a species or demographic that isn't usually in them but they employ the same kind of humor as you'll see in those movies. And I was like, oh, is this going to be another one of those? It's going to be another groan fest, but it isn't. I quickly established that it's like a different, they, they, I would say like a different kind of humor. It's a lot more improv based. It's not like, dude, are you going to fart on my balls or am I going to do this bong load? You know, that's not the punchline. The punchline is, I don't know how they play off each other, the characterization, even the, the setting. I was immediately taken into like a, Strangers with Candy territory, where it's like everyone's older and it's no attempt to hide that it's like old people (laughs) and adults playing high schoolers. And like the high school is like just, it's kind of the way that your mind will kind of transform something like an adult processing their high school experience and like everything is just way over exaggerated. Like they're, they're playing a big sports ball game, a football event. And there's posters everywhere, plaster with just the the main guy shirtless on it, and just says "Get horny for the big game." It's like <laughs> that's how, as an adult, I think you would translate these memories of high school. And so, I don't think there's an attempt to sort of present it in any kind of um, grounded, realistic way. It's this sur- not surreal in like a Pee Wee's Big Adventure kind of way, but not too far off. Maybe like I, I was thinking, maybe like Rock and Roll High School. Or, um, yeah, Strangers with Candy was the big one where it's like, it's not totally bizarre or anything, but it's definitely not something you take at face value or more like uh, cartoon logic. Right, right. Yeah. And and that kind of lends itself into the violence of the movie. So, (laughs) so yeah, essentially they, these two girls who are, uh, big time lesbians 
they are trying to get, you know, the, the pretty girls in school to be with them, the cheerleaders. And uh, in their attempt to chase, one of their attempts to chase after them, essentially they are backed into this position where they have to lie about having starting a fight club. And they have this kind of reputation as bad girls, which is all just kind of made up. Um, they were trying to, you know, get credibility. So they talked about being in juvie and fighting in juvie. And so thus they are uh, the heads of this fight club and trying to teach the girls how to fight because this it's, ro- it's rivalry. It's like a self-defense. Yes. They, they keep saying fight club in every marketing, but they start something because it's like, you need to be able to defend yourself. Right. And so there's teaching fighting in it. But they don't know how to fight. So <laughs> they're kind of making it up. And um, to, to great comedic effect, the teacher and um, proverbial ally, Marshawn Lynch, played by Marshawn Lynch, <laughs> not actually Marshawn Lynch, but also actually Marshawn Lynch, is uh, there to kind of like uh, supervise the class. And that's kind of funny in its own right, because you just have this teacher seeing, you know, these kids beat the shit out of each other. Really, yeah, not know what they're doing in terms of actually teaching self-defense. And so you have that little aspect of the film kind of playing up the comedy. And in that, the, uh, you know, since the, the cheerleaders sign up for this class, the two girls are able to kind of like make their move on them. So it, on paper, the guts of the movie does have that like rejected Van Wilder kind of uh, script to it. But I, again, I think it's just maybe the directing or the acting, the characters, it all plays into something very fun and uh, um, kind of unique. I don't know if I've seen a movie like this. Did you catch who produced it at the end? Was, this is your 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 waifu, your your new crush. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Who? Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, no. I just okay. I remember like Cocaine Bear was better than it should have been. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think she's like a, a mover and shaker in Hollywood right now, and Ao Elberry is also yeah someone who's like in everything. So you got everything. Yeah. Talent behind this movie i don't know the uh the, the other girl the the pj girl uh, i don't either rachel yeah. senate yeah. comedian yeah oh okay that makes sense a lot of the, the things were timing based obviously so that that makes perfect sense yeah their interplay was good and i i i felt kind of some clueless energy in the sense that yeah. that movie is such a like style icon for a lot of people and i felt like this movie uh, all the outfits were cool in a way that i think a modern high school girl would look at mm-hmm. and be like in the same way that you know kids in the 90s were looking at clueless and g- girls or, yeah girls and guys in the in the 2000s were looking at mean girls yeah it's know? like so, yeah. it's it's aspirational like i don't mm-hmm. think you you know this is professionally hollywood styled i don't think a kid with a high schooler's budget is going to be able to really put these fits together but i think it provides you know a, an extra level of intrigue to the film or something else to make it appealing and maybe rewatchable they yeah. actually worked with um a guy that source vintage stuff mm-hmm. that's why all of her well what's her name josie she has you know like slogan t-shirts right, and right. rugby long sleeves and things like that, that i think are the, all like yeah thrifted. i think the, the stylist was like uh like fifth on in the credits or something like that you know when they were like showing whatever yeah. they did at the end so yeah it was prominent yeah for good reason put them up that was uh yeah. another layer to what makes this movie work i think they all look really cool boils bonner yeah in the building <laughs> yeah um, but yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it was, I was very pleased to see, like I said, I think it was a, a different style of comedy than maybe it was presenting itself as, you know? You know, I'm just thinking, um, with the exception, I guess, of the quarterback, it's not like a weirdly mean spirited the way that a lot of those old 
coming of age, you know, movies where they're yeah. always picking on someone and kind of just being mean. Uh, this wasn't really like that. Everyone kind of gets their own, I don't know, silver lining. <laughs> yeah, again, with the exception of maybe the quarterback guy, but you're also just supposed to see him as being kind of dumb. Yeah, as a caricature. Yeah. And I think another thing this movie did well was not overdo it in the attempt to find the heart of the movie. I think a lot of, I think Apatow kind of laid down the um, formula of this where it can have the crudest, most over-the-top crazy comedy, but at the heart of it, you have to have, you know, a character arc and a story and all that. And I don't know that this was especially bound by that. I don't know. The middle part got into that territory. Like when they sit in a circle and start talking about, you know, being assaulted and... And there's like, you know, schism between two of the characters. They fight and break up and then come back together when it's important. But with a lot of comedies, you could tell they don't want to do that. (laughs) But it's either either they're getting studio notes or they just don't know how to fill the time. I mean, we just saw Strays. I think that was a great example of like, they. you just wanted to tell dirty jokes, but you had to force this kind of emotional thing. And it feels forced to the viewer. None of that felt like a burden or tiresome in this movie, whatever degree it was. And maybe it just was because it wasn't a lot of time spent on it. Uh, didn't feel like, I don't know, overcooked in the, in the emotional uh, department. They kept it, you know, light and funny and silly, which is, I think, uh, 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 greatly, greatly to the film's advantage. I think if you look at, like, you know, a, a classic comedy, like, let's say, Trading Places, hilarious but there is um an issue you know what i mean that's kind of at the center of it you know in, in that particular movie it's you know wealth disparity this one you know kind of talked about how how it is to be or i think it maybe i don't know if it will but hopefully it opens eyes to you know hey w- what it's like to be a young person in 2023 living a queer lifestyle in high school you know maybe a little bit but it's also hilarious yeah, I didn't think that that stuff was heavy-handed, and no. to its credit, I don't think they get into like a victimhood situation no, at all. No, you don't, no, no. you know. I mean, you, these are awkward outsider girls, but it's kind of their own personality that puts them on the outside. It's not necessarily their identity, and it's not something they have to like, mm-hmm. you know, fight to be recognized or struggle it, with or anything. Yeah, it's, and they weren't being attacked for it, especially like they thought they were more cool when they started their fight club. Right. But there was still like a level of acceptance, you know, in terms of just like, hey, you know, like head nods in the hallway. You can kind of see the interactions in the hallway uh, increase as the movie goes, as, as the, the girls get more notoriety for their club. But at no point was it, you know, were they like cornered or, you know, wet willied or put in the toilet. Yeah. I think the fight uh, class aspect, I thought, I felt like there was probably a lot on the cutting room floor because yeah. Yeah, that, that seemed be right. pretty undercooked, especially like, you know, they go from nothing and they don't really learn ever or lo- you don't see them like looking up how to do it. <laughs> it's just all of a sudden everyone's good enough at fighting to beat this football team. Of course, you're not holding this, you know, silly comedy to like strict standards like no couldn't do that. No, that guy's weight would overpower them in that. Oh, I'm sure if like if, if this movie played in front of you know just standard fair audiences, you'd have so many guys saying that. Right. So there's yeah. a there's you're, you're not like putting the film up to that kind of scrutiny. Right. But for them to get to that skill level or comfort level with fighting from zero, it seemed like there was probably some montage stuff that they left out, and I suspect it's because maybe that 
didn't play as funny as it yeah. maybe sh- they thought it would. Like, oh, this will be funny. We'll just beat the shit out of each other. They might have also targeted a run, t- a run time because this hit it like right at 89 minutes. Yeah. You know, so they might have just been like, hey, no more than 90. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just keep Otherwise, it. it's not a comedy. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think if there was anything that was maybe seemed rushed or like the pacing mm-hmm. was weird, it would have been that stuff because it seems like it's kind of the central... I mean, according to, you know, the way it's marketed and defined and summarized and everything, you'd think the fighting uh, would be the central issue, but it's like nah. kind of breezed over. Yeah. And also like, good job, because it doesn't really Didn't matter it. Yeah. <laughs> if it's, uh, you know, if it, serve, if it serves the story better to cut all that stuff It would have been then. totally different, too, to show them, you know, progressing and finding, you know, their, their power and strength through, you know, fighting techniques. It's just, right. it's a different movie. Ao is also in Abbott Elementary. Uh, yeah, but she's just like a side side. Like she's like the main character's sister that shows up like uh, once or twice. Okay. I was like, yeah, she's she's a, she's in a school again. Yeah. <laughs> she's being funny in a school. Well, to be she fair, would, she's like in seventeen things this year alone. She so. technically played a high schooler in uh, TMNT. Yeah, and a teacher. In, in theater uh, camp, yeah, I, I yeah. would still I would still put theater camp as the funnier of the two movies. It's not really necessary to pit them against each other. Yeah, it's um, just different. Might even like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles better than this. I don't know, but either way, I think um, yeah, probably going into this with just the lowest of expectations <laughs> definitely uh, <laughs> helped me rank it pretty high. Uh, so you saw this alone, Brent? I went by myself, but the theater itself was, uh, it was, it was, it was like people, you know, my age, which tend to be parent people age. And, um, I, just based on how guttural the laughs got, it gave me the impression that maybe a lot of these parents were parents of queer kids. Cause they just identified with a lot of the, uh, the nuances of the jokes, which was really cool to see. Um, what was your experience like? Uh, I also saw it alone last night yeah. on $4 combo night. <laughs> um, oh, was there a lot of people? Weirdly, no, but there was enough for me to be feeling com- uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. <laughs> it was like, uh, I'm sitting alone in my little fucking corner that I made for myself in that theater. And uh, <laughs> it's all couples. And I just feel like they're all looking at me at that point. <laughs> oh, see, like it was, what was weird is because you know, I have a, a naturally loud kind of, you know, unique laugh. And I, and I thought for sure I'd get some people turn around like, why are you laughing so hard? I don't know. But yeah, every, everybody was just kind of having a good time. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so I didn't feel judged or uh, even seen, which was great. Had the opposite. <laughs> Everyone was laughing. Were you, were you laughing? No, I, I laughed, but not, yeah. I don't have a loud laugh. No, no, no. Everyone all. else is laughing loud. But in my mind looking right at me did, pointing and laughing but right did at they me. i don't know they're all behind it's me it's dark yeah they're all either in front of me or behind me and i don't know but anyway uh yeah what was your theater like um there's only a couple of groups don't remember i think there was like some teenagers in front of us uh laughing oh yeah teenagers that's cool yeah i think so yeah mine was mostly teens too by the way uh, okay i was trying to figure out because i have a niece that's 14 and i was trying to figure out if I should tell my brother she should watch this, but I know it's R. Do you think that this is appropriate for like a 14-year-old or no? I mean... I don't know what's appropriate for children. Yeah, 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 honestly. Yeah. And like, I don't know, there's more fucked up shit they're getting on their phones. Oh, anyway. yeah. It's like oh, middle cares? school with the internet. It's like, I know she would know all the jokes and get all the references, but, you know, I just don't know like if it'd be a value, if she'd just find it funny. I don't know. All, all I know about teenagers is if you want them to like something, 
they won't. So it's almost better <laughs> not to. You don't want to have like uh, my my weird old uncle told me to watch this movie. I'm obviously not going to watch this movie. I don't know. It's it seems to me like if I was. 14 i'd probably still dig it yeah but i'd also want to find it myself if i was 14 (laughs) i didn't want nobody to tell me what to watch when i was a kid (laughs) yeah i was thinking that this might be something that gets a lot more well people watching it like teenagers when it's streaming just because like i don't even know if they you know who cares about an r-rated movie you go up to the kiosk and you buy an r-rated ticket right. it doesn't matter no one's carding you no so like that's i don't a good know point. that that's really a barrier but yeah, you just have to hit okay yeah that's all you have to do but for like maybe the younger 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 people uh-huh. right just watch it on max i mean, I mean like a six-year-old like a 10 12 year old say, yeah, in you my get, head it's like a four-year-old yeah, this this one seems to be getting a lot of talk um yeah. like i was even even on letterbox like ao did a uh a review of it she says well i'm in it so five stars <laughs> uh and it's like twenty five thousand likes i was looking at the the instagram profile for the movie and you know lots of comments a lot of, lot of likes and their header says a movie about empowering women the hot ones so yeah, they, they keep that tone consistent. Yeah, I I, I that did remind me that of something that stuck out. I think she did what uh, Jonah Hill did in Superbad, which mm-hmm. is like physically take on yep. the shrugging, like uh, diminished form of a teenager. Yeah, uh, a lot of um, yeah physical work to kind of like make her look uh, convincing as a high schooler, and uh, especially coming off of seeing her in theater camp, where she's definitely not like that. It's like. Oh, she's like good. That's like <laughs> yeah. you're like supposed to actually act in this movie. Yeah, she, she's like Jonah, and then uh, Josie is like Michael Sarah. You sure. know, like in terms of you, if you're trying to do the super bad thing, which well, definitely works. I just meant the way Jonah Hill walks all gangly and goofy, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> has his backpack on and everything. <laughs> yeah. It's like a little tricks that you can do that kind of like make your performance more convincing to the viewer because they're all like almost thirty, right? <laughs> so funny. Yeah, it's great. I don't remember the music. I there was something I was gonna say about it, but I don't remember. Oh anymore. yeah, it's um, fuck who did it? Charlie XCX. Yeah, exactly. And it it feels very two thousands, like the big Avril Lavigne song that comes in and That's, everything. Yeah. But I don't think it's set. It doesn't say what time it's set in. Right? Yeah, they had flip phones. Yeah, you had so, a razor. Yeah, so it implies that it was a while ago. <laughs> but it doesn't. It, it doesn't, doesn't lock it down. No. Yeah, it doesn't open up with like 15 years ago. Or yeah, it doesn't need to. Yeah. The lack of phones is kind of a funny, or, you know, using those kind of phones. I guess the, the jock was using like a tape player to listen to that one song. Yeah. Right. And Kaya Gerber is wearing like a Juicy velour. Yeah, but Juicy's <laughs> back. Yeah, Juicy's back. I think that's why also... Juicy's eternal. I don't know what y'all talking about yeah. back. Shit. I guess that's why it's like also kind of um very Instagram explore page girly friendly because it's like that... The 2000s trending stuff is just, yeah, again, regardless of whether it makes any sense chronologically, it's just the kind of stuff they like to look at. And yeah, I guess probably uh, old Charlie is uh, taking cues from that or whatever, I would guess. But it all worked. Yeah. Yeah. Cool to see a silly movie. Yes. A silly movie with a little bit of uh, substance to it. Mm -hmm. And I could definitely see this one like being a cult classic down the line. It was almost like... Has all the markings. Made to... Be, like made to yeah. be a cult classic, like which sounds in weird because by apparently my biggest Hollywood crush ever. Because <laughs> I feel like you know the uh, you know Kids in the Hall Brain Candy didn't set out to be oh, a no. movie that's appreciated down the line, but I think this is like built to be 
something that uh yeah will be have a cult status, which is kind of strange Pretty to cool. say. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, uh, does, it, does bottom stay at the bottom, or do you have this one at the top? Uh, for me, I'd, I'd put this one at the top. This is uh, this is a, a good time. Yeah, it's a top shelf movie. I like that the big reason that they're tr- trying to protect themselves is because they're gonna get beat up and killed by <laughs> the uh, rival school. <laughs> Because oh, oh, someone God. got punched in the face <laughs> by the rival school and beat up. Like, what are they like 20 years ago when Punky yeah. uh, is like, this guy died. And then, <laughs> and then 10 years later, this thing happened. And then another 10 years later, this happened. Yeah, it's played, It's pitched as like a fun, as like a like a school rivalry. But it's like, apparently there's murder. Murders, actual murders. <laughs> Speaking of, of Punky, like there's that hilarious way that they close out that, that scene where they're talking in front of a trailer. Where Punky just goes and as and then and uh, Ao goes, I have no idea what the hell you just said. And then the scene just cuts. <laughs> it's absurd. I love it. I just like when you know that comedians worked on a movie because yeah. it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Like the machine with Burt Kreischer. <laughs> I would put this up like they're like neck and neck. You say you say I would say so. Like, this, is almost, the same. this is almost as funny as the machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was crying at eat both of them. You were crying. We go. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah, this is a delightful little movie. Um, I'm not sure if it, it's. I'm, I'll just say this: it's cool to see uh, a movie of the subject matter, not necessarily the fight stuff, but the other stuff. Like, not be a culture war, from what I can tell, uh, which is nice. I was afraid, you know, that uh, you know, I'd, I'd log on and see some people talking about how you know this is gonna, I don't know, infect you or. I don't know, maybe it's like fentanyl or something. Like, if you just get exposed to it, something's going to happen to you. But no, it's just like there's acceptance in the movie. Great to live long enough to to kind of see a movie where you can, it's not a big deal to to be what, what the, your, your main characters are. You know I what I'm saying? I think you only get that kind of person upset if you have like a background character way out of focus kissing <laughs> in like a Star Wars movie, yeah, then yeah. you're getting, oh, then yeah, you have problems. <laughs> yeah. Or if it's like, Hey, this one character had sex with someone a long time yeah. ago before we started filming them, then they get upset. But if it's like just a really, I, I think it's like, you know, the, it's literally called homophobia. I think yeah, if you yeah, are, exactly. I think if you are, make a, yeah. an incredibly gay film right, <laughs> you, right. that is like very open about what it is, you will, likely uh scare those people that's from true. Yeah, watching yeah. it so i don't think they're uh i think this is a self-selecting group that's gonna go see this movie i think so too but and it's just it's just yeah just nice to i don't know like at least to kind of see a movie where like it's uh not portrayed as a big deal yeah good stuff um i put this on top i would say that this is really good me likey that's yes, what yes. um scorsese would say mm-hmm. That's it. The Good Mother is a film directed by Miles Jory Peyrafi. Um, the person directed Spot as on. you are earlier. Yeah. <laughs> on, no, no second takes. Uh, it's written by Madison Harrison and the director. Stars Hilary Swank as the titular Good Mother. Um, she opens up her kid has died of being shot in the, in, in, by a gun. And um, <laughs> as the film goes on, you'll learn that the kid was kind of a no good Nick. He was hooked on the drugs. And um, and at the funeral, she meets 
the guy's girlfriend, uh, played by Olivia Cook, and that girl was uh, the mom Hillary Swank blames for uh, getting the her son hooked on drugs, which eventually led for him to get shocked. So imagine Hillary Swank's uh, dismay when she finds out that that girl is now pregnant with the son of her son who got shot by a gun. And so now they are teaming up to unravel. You are burying the lead. Which is? She walks up to Paige and punches her at the funeral. She slaps, <laughs> slaps her. her. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's, as, as she's saying, I'm pregnant. Wow. Yeah. She's like, oh, <laughs> hey, I'm pregnant. <laughs> and she's doing, like, uh, it takes place in Albany. And I feel like uh-huh. he's doing some kind of New Englandish yeah. accent. It's very, like. To be fair, that is upstate New York. Yeah. So you're, like, an hour away. Yeah, which is a good setting for, like, an mm-hmm. opioid kind of movie. Um, he's like, I wouldn't have hit you if I thought you were pregnant. I'm going to start talking. That's going to be my Hillary Swank voice. I don't think he's doing that kind of voice. <laughs> it's not that far It's off. not that much better. So um, she, they team up with the Hillary Swank's other son, Toby, who is played by uh, Jack Rayner. And um, they try to unravel the mystery of how this he's guy a cop. got. Yeah, he's a cop. They're trying to unravel the mystery of how uh, this, this guy gets shot. And along the way, they find out a fentanyl ring or no. It's this drug ring. The, the the kid he was involved in importing this drug into Albany called Mother's Milk. Our second movie this week with branded drugs. <laughs> Just like in the Equalizer Three, where the drug the the jihad drug that they call it in Equalizer Three. This one's called Mother's Milk. And, and I watched comes, them back to back. <laughs> yes. It comes in a baggie with a double M like a Marilyn Manson logo. Hell yeah. And it says uh this is a it's a mixture of Coke and heroin and fentanyl it's laced with fentanyl and it's it's killing people because they think it's just heroin and that kid he was the one who the guy who got shot he was the one who introduced fentanyl into the south side and it's tearing through this is like you know for this is uh i think a pitch for an older crowd who you know is probably a little frightened of things afraid of fentanyl during halloween being in the candy or something right right so there's a this is a a good fentanyl scare fodder um and the, the the plot goes on there's intrigue blah 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 turns out the good son the one who was the cop was responsible for in a roundabout way getting the other guy dead and he's been importing drugs and he's got all these burner phones and he killed um, ducky he killed fucking ducky can you believe it you thought it was the guy with the hand tattoo but it was the, Copy the other guy. cop cop yes the cop guy so basically the both sons Got caught up in some drug stuff. Right. And then were being kind of, I guess, blackmailed, threatened. Right. They didn't return some drugs that the, the bad son I know the, had the, stolen. The good son was like, I'm not going to sell these drugs because they're laced with fentanyl. And I have more respect oh, for yeah. my Albanese fine junky community <laughs> yes. than to bring this poison over there. Right. And that's ultimately what gets him shot by the yeah. guy with the It's just, you know, it. like fentanyl's just ripping apart the fabric of America and this of movie's course. just a you know documenting that. Yes. And and you know, I'm really underplaying the fifth character in the movie, Albany itself as yeah, yeah. evidence. When you think about it, Albany is really a character in this <laughs> it's movie. So isn't it? true. Yeah. They really I think they they probably rewatched The Wire recently, and oh, the same way The Wire yeah. does like a lot of like establishing shots of 
various <laughs> places of Baltimore where it takes place because it ties into what they're doing. They're doing that, but like just with the Albany Capitol building, right? Know. So it's like nobody cares. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of padding out of that, and um, yeah, kind of trying to be a very serious movie. And I'm... let's get some drone shots of these iconic buildings <laughs> that you have, the bridges that you can distinctly point out. Yeah, and I mean, I have been I, I have been to Albany. I've seen these buildings and I did think they were weird looking when I saw them. So I could see someone being in Albany for a day and being like, yo, let's put a lot of these buildings in here. <laughs> Especially if you were trying to stretch out the fucking, basically an NCIS episode into a full length. Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> Which is uh, uh, what you get here. But I don't know. It, uh, it's uh, not good. I didn't think so. But it wasn't like punishing. What was that one we watched last week? The Retribution yeah that one was like bad bad that was bad bad yeah this one is um not good, good. i think there's an a, there's like an attempt at good <laughs> like yeah. it's good in, adjacent in the style of something that's good it takes itself very seriously it tries and that's the i was i was it's an okay thriller really quickly it kind of shows you what you're in for when like it cuts to like a, a junkie guy and he's like shaking you know <laughs> and like everything and i i i'm convinced of this the more movies i watch what makes a movie actually adult or mature or artistic or like highbrow it's ambiguity the more shades of gray and and less spoon-fed you are as a film i think the more artsy it is and i think that's kind of a doesn't matter what kind of movie you're doing that's kind of how you make something actually kind of elevated and this is not that. This is very much like the good guys are good, the bad guys are bad, and they kind of show you who everyone is pretty quickly until they do the try twist. to fumble with shades of gray, right? Just yeah, seeing with like, the, like the mom's decisions and and the the boys, they kind of accidentally got into all this. Mm-hmm. They got in over their heads or whatever, and then the ending is totally ambiguous. Yeah, it's ambiguous as you can get. <laughs> yeah, I mean on paper, I, like yeah, but I feel like they just didn't want to write the ending. Well, but Colin, right. what do you think she does? That's a good question. Well, she lights up something mm-hmm. is it the cigarette that she's been walking around with unlit the whole time or is it the the expose god okay i'm sorry this was <laughs> i have no idea how hard it must be to be a professional writer in a world where no one reads anything <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that just seems like like because I, I don't know i have uh you know since high school been told i'm like a passable writer and like yeah. can kind of figure my way out around a page and yes. a sentence and all that but if, and whenever anyone's like, well, you, have you tried just writing for a living? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, it, <laughs> I've known people who write and stuff. And it's just like, yeah, it doesn't, you don't just get to have that job. And this was like in high school, I was saying this, when there was still like magazines being made and shit. Yeah, so yeah. you can imagine now this lady is like a writer on a newspaper and she's just been in some state of bereavement. Um, so she hasn't, she's been editing, but then she hasn't even been doing that. And then her boss, who has been paying her, presumably, this whole time, is like, you know what? Just take as much time off as you want, (laughs) write whatever you want, and just turn it in whenever you want to turn it in. As newspaper guys are, you know? like That's kind of the general vibe I get from everything I've ever seen about newspaper guys, is they're just like, hey, Peter Parker, if I could have pictures of (laughs) Spider-Man or anything else... Whatever you're feeling. Anytime you feel like it, that would be terrific. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the, the, he just tells her to write about Spider-Man or whatever and just hand the pictures in or the writing in whenever she feels like it. And that's kind of how the movie ends. She writes about how her son 
betrayed her other son and how he's a cop, but he's also the guy who's the head of this drug ring and all that. And you're just wondering as that's how the movie ends. It's like, oh, is she going to turn in this expose that she wrote, narking out her son, who um, I guess kind of seems like a okay guy, other Except than that being a sociopath. Multiple people. Yeah, he killed Ducky, dude. And you're saying he's okay? He's not, but he's presented in the film as okay. She leaves. He lets her grandson hang Were you out on your with phone him during this movie. I was paying it a little bit, but not yeah, heavily. Uh-huh. Not heavily. Like yeah, she hands the baby because so the. They unnecessary for no good reason. Okay, yeah, they kill off <laughs> the mother, the girlfriend who's pregnant. Right, <laughs> kill her off. Save the baby though, and then Hillary Swank gets the baby. Apparently, this girl has no parents, so <laughs> she is a, she just a gets completely the baby. disembodied person. Yeah, which is a shame. I actually really liked her in this. She's movie. good, I mean, but she had to die so the plot could go on. Yeah, kill her. <laughs> we don't want too much attention away from Hillary Swank, who is doing a pretty bad job she's trying <laughs> she's trying okay and that's more than anyone ever did for me no one else has tried i'm trying in this movie yeah she's like I'm going to meetings okay she's supposed to be like this working class has an accent they don't let her wear makeup uh her, you know her hair is plain she's sucking on a cigarette that she's trying to quit so she's not lighting it i think she's going to aa oh she's you know she's struggling but then she's a writer <laughs> at a the successful newspaper. Editor. Yeah, like people know her and she's like top of her game at the newspaper and stuff. It seemed like, it seemed like society was waiting for her comeback as a writer. The Albany newspaper reading community is wrapped with hey. attention and waiting for her grand return. I mean, we all have our favorite local newspaper writers, right? Top three. Mike Zitz. We'll hold off on it later. We'll get to that later. We all have a top three, though, and they're probably radically different, and we just don't want to get into fights about them, but we all have them. Yeah. But anyway, she um, ends up taking the kid, the baby. She's, like, walking around with the baby, by the way. <laughs> Put the baby in the carrier thing and just take it wherever you go. Leave it in the car sometimes. Leave it on a train sometimes. Oh, I thought you were alluding to the scene where uh, she discovers that her son is a murdering piece of shit. And then it just cuts, smash cuts to her handing off the baby to him to watch for the afternoon. Yeah. With, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how it ends. Hence, it seems like he's yeah. a okay guy or something. Or maybe she's like, here's your last chance. Or maybe she's sick of the baby. <laughs> Enjoy your last day out. Because uh, I'm going to turn you in. Or will I? But what was irritating me about this movie was like everybody that finds something out and then is going to investigate some more, they just like will walk right behind the person that they're like tailing or <laughs> yeah. like this girl is uh, she so she calls a phone number connected to the death of this guy and uh, a phone rings that's inside the house. So she's like, what? This guy is the bad guy. So she's going around looking for the phone. This man has just taken a phone call and he's like, I'll be right back. And he goes to the other room to take this call. Meanwhile, she's just digging around his house. Like down the not a care yeah. in the world. <laughs> Doesn't know what kind of like time she has. And she's just doing whatever she wants to do. Hillary Swank follows her son because she's like, I don't think he's taking this stuff to the evidence locker at all. Follows right behind him, yeah. <laughs> like right next to him, onto a train, carrying the baby <laughs> in and It's the not carrier. like she's a plainclothes police officer. It is literally his mom, like yeah. the most recognizable <laughs> person mom, to him on the planet. Like 30 feet away from him the entire time. <laughs> Parallel to him in the parking garage. <laughs> Look. So bad. <laughs> hey, I had my life threatened during this movie oh, by uh, 10 people. 
on fentanyl? <laughs> well, okay, so here's what happened. I, I went in and it was there was only like two people in there and uh halfway through ten teenagers and then two adults just come storming in, like laughing and, and screaming and, and just being like Aah! It's obvious they snuck in. They go in the back. It takes them forever to like fumble around. I mean, the movie's pretty quiet, so they're just like, they keep changing seats. They're laughing because they snuck in. They're they're just like throwing stuff around, and so I didn't say anything or do anything. I just got up and started walking down to go to like one of the the front rows, so I could just yeah, be get out away of range. from the uh, yeah, just get away from it. Yeah, and um, as I was doing that, one of the uh, theater employees came in and he goes, "You okay?" And I go, "Uh." Honestly, there's like there's a bunch of teenagers that just snuck in. I don't know. He goes, "Oh, let me get my manager." <laughs> and then this dude in all black comes in, and uh, he with a gun? No, no, no. I wit maybe. Did he have a giant skull on his shirt? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Did he have some equalizing yo. on his mind? <laughs> so we've been going to the, we've been going to this theater for like a year and a half straight, every single movie, and I've never seen this guy. This was like a special dude that they brought out, and he just like he comes in with a chip on his shoulder, and he like marches all the way back up he's really quiet about it and i see him come back down the stairs i'm in like the fourth row and he just kind of comes down and he, i just see him stand by the wall i'm like oh, what's happening and then all of a sudden all everybody starts filing down they're like hey man good job narking us out we're gonna fucking kill you we're gonna kill you motherfucker you fucking asshole way to fucking nark and i'm like i just start waving at them like bye <laughs> And then they're like, yeah, we're going to wait for you, motherfucker. We're going to wait. I'm like, you're going to have to wait through two movies. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I finish the movie. I walk out. They're not there. I go in the parking lot because I'm an idiot. They're not there. I'm like, okay. They obviously don't wait. But um, it was funny because, like, normally I would just kind of shush people. But this time I was like, no, I'll just, I'll just be the better person and, like, uh, you know, just move, you know, and go up to the front and, and not have to deal with this. But I still got threatened. I, can't... I didn't mean to get them kicked out. I just can't imagine them like a worse movie to sneak into. That's like. what I'm saying. Yeah, like that was that was like it was ponderous. I was like, why would you sneak into this when all these other movies are playing? Like Blue Beetles down or the way. TMNT. Um, like, and if you're, like yeah. there's there's definitely like sneaking levels of movies. This is not one of them. Yeah, like, I mean, it's boring if you're a teenager. Yeah, for sure. It's arguably boring if you're an adult. Yeah, it's just boring. <laughs> yeah. And it's and it, it's more than boring. It's perplexing if you don't haven't like. Been, been keeping up with time. it. Yeah. You've needed to start at the beginning. For yeah, this movie. absolutely. Yeah. It's just that kind of a story. Strays, walk in in the middle of it. There you go. Walk yeah. in blaze as fuck and you're fine. They repeat the joke, so you didn't yes. miss, miss anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect movie to sneak into because yeah, like, it's, it's of no value. Yeah, I know? think this group was just born under a bad sign, man. They found the yeah. worst possible movie. To- but now they'll never know how the movie ended. <laughs> you like me or, or we. Or how it began. <laughs> <laughs> or what movie it was. So. That's true. Yeah, they, were only, they were only in for maybe 10, 15 minutes, you know, but it was, it was a painful. 10 15 minutes oh and of course the two other people that were in there like they thanked me after i was like i didn't do anything i just walked down and they the two people in the theater actually cared they were into it <laughs> that's cool i think it was like the thriller of the year for them because a lot of people i mean a lot of people probably don't go to see as many movies as us yeah i think our crowd was somewhat into it yeah, yeah i i would it's a serviceable you thriller said that it was like an ncis i was yeah. like that's exactly th- that's why it feels too long <laughs> yeah and it should be an hour and it really does feel like like a Law and Order episode. Yeah, and that's why it's easy to watch but kind of boring because you're like, I get it. 
<laughs> well, you need it to be that long so you can get more shots of that fucking Capitol building, bro. Yeah. It did. You know what, though? Um, even though we say it is TV light, there did feel like there was a good, decent layer of grit over it. It's something. And, you know, I mean, Albany is upstate New York in general is kind of scary in that like opioid epidemic way, you know? Uh, see, I guess I'm kind of used to like the Finger Lake communities where it's just like very waspy and like yeah. affluent, you know? I guess but, this is. But uh, yeah, Albany, maybe some parts of Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, any place that's been like just ravaged by those yeah. drugs is, you know, Kind of scary in theory. Yeah. Was this another one? I'm trying to remember. Is this another one where like the phones would indicate that they're going for an earlier era or an era less? Oh, like there's burners for oh, the yeah, was bad the guys, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, you yeah. see them having like normal texts, like like qwerty texts and messages. Yeah, and then you have the girl who has like an iPhone. Oh yeah, and then Hillary Swank's whole thing is that she hates computers, so uh-huh. she's tech illiterate, and hence doesn't the, know what the internet is. Oh, right? that was yeah. a pretty rough moment when the pregnant girl. She's just like, "Hey, does anyone know anything about my boyfriend that got shot?" And just her in, <laughs> you just see these pop ups on the screen, like you're getting flooded like, with oh, man, tips. I, I thought that was him. Sorry, R.I.P. A legend was one of them. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. I um yeah. Usually, I'm I'm the guy that like poo poos screen or screens on the screen when I'm watching movie but for some reason i appreciated this one because it kept it at under 90 minutes you know it it advanced the story like when she's texting while she's walking to go meet ducky yeah like that if they would have done that through phone calls or meetings that would have made it added probably another 10 minutes so so mercifully cut it down short there's an important scene where hillary swank uses a phone though which, which is, is when she is directly behind her son that she's been tailing <laughs> on the train. Yeah. And she takes a flip phone photo. Takes a photo, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of, so of like the main the killer guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know that's just going to look like a potato. She's just standing there, now like six feet away from them, with her hand up, you know, yeah. like taking the photo with Shit. the flip phone. So good. Dylan, did you watch this movie? Did not. Yeah. Well, we'll see it when it comes out. I'll, yeah, I'll get the for 4K. streaming. I'll get the 4K steelbook. Thank you. Uh, the good mother. <laughs> is she good? Or is she a bad mother? Um, overall, I will say I think she was a bad mother. I was kind of bored on this. I understood what they were doing and everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would not say she was a very good mother. Bad mother. Yeah. Bad mother. Just an indifferent mother. Yeah. Just neglectful. Overwell and different. If I have to choose between good and bad, I would say bad, but like realistically, it's yeah. a big old whatever. It's fine. Totally. But pretty silly. And like low stakes for some reason. You're not like riveted, like, oh, what's going to happen? She's going to find out who did it. It's one of those uh, a mother's love, maybe, but she doesn't really, she doesn't come across as being like a loving mom. I think she just wants to know what happened. She's in it for the drama. Yeah. <laughs> She's in it to get the story. Oh. Yeah. She wants the tea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I was like, is that what you're getting at? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I'll go uh, a serviceable mother. Uh, you know, it was, it was a decent amount of tension uh, fringed on being a, a thriller. But she didn't stick the tip of a pistol into a person's ocular cavity. True. And she didn't kill a bunch of football players. So, yeah, just kind of middle of the road for me. Yeah, minimal equalizing in this, I got to say. Yeah, mm-hmm. not a lot of equalizing. Uh, the Hill. This one me and Justine went to solo. This is, all right. This is a, there's a, this guy, Ricky Hill. He was a real ball player. He played ball. He had a bone disease. Baseball. Kind of, he's baseball. Yeah, be specific. <laughs> Sports player. <laughs> athlete. 
is an athletic man. What's his disease? Bone disease? He got brittle bones. He got stricken with brittle bones at a young age. He had like the Forrest Gump braces, and um, he had to overcome that to play baseball because he could still hit the ball really good. And uh, he was, was doing a great job hitting this ball till his brittle bones got in the way. And then as an adult, they said, hey, your, your bones are way too brittle to play baseball. Okay, buddy? And he's like, mm, I don't know. I think I can make this happen. And um, also his dad's a preacher, and that's a big part of it. Uh, they're, they're poor. Um, it's the 60s until it isn't. And uh, that's, the, that's, the, that's, that's, the, that's the movie in a nutshell there. Um, this, I would say, the two most on-rails kind of movies there are is Jesus movies and baseball movies. <laughs> this is a Jesus baseball movie. <laughs> so when I tell you <laughs> they are like just pure cliches like the whole time like the entire script is just i don't give a spit who you think you are we serve god in this house like that kind of shit the whole time it is like that the whole time do i just should i cut to the chase and get to the 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 scene Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay well so his dad for no reason is just a dick and he's well no he's a preacher guy he's a preacher and he's like you're gonna be a preacher and the boy is like i love baseball and he's like too bad you're not allowed to play period don't yeah. pick up a stick. Don't throw a ball. I think there's like an attempt to show that his dad isn't just totally insane because he's like, listen, you got brittle bone disease. I watched you have those braces as a kid, and I'm not going to have you breaking your brittle bones playing baseball. So stop. But the kid's like, I'm not crippled. I can do it still. You need to believe in me. And he's, he's like, like, and you need to do what I tell you to. I'm going to spank you. <laughs> yeah. He spanks him on screen? No. no. He, uh, his, <laughs> so he, in, in, the, in this kerfuffle, um, they forge the signature to let the kid play um, on him the permission slip. And uh, his brother's like, it was my idea, daddy. And he's like, well, then you better get outside, boy. Dennis Clay, Quaid plays the, the preacher guy. Yeah. And um, the kid goes outside. And he's like, Daddy, you can whip me, but I will not apologize for playing baseball because baseball's cool. And that my brother, the brittle bone boy, should be able to play baseball. Gosh darn it. He's like, going to hit him. <sighs> Go away. Yeah. He's just overcome. He has, he has his belt and he pulls it back. Like, if you were to like just snap the frame, you know, you'd see a kid in the foreground, like kind of bent over. While this, while Dennis Quaid is in the background, like revved up and like it looks like it's something it isn't. Um, but yeah, he's about to like whoop him with his belt, but then he just doesn't. But he still can't play baseball. And he tells his kid, listen, you got to choose. Are you going to serve Jesus or are you going to serve baseball? And cut to the next day. The kid goes up to his father in church and his dad's like, hey, don't interrupt me while I'm writing my sermon. And the boy's like, oh, listen, we got to talk. You told me I had to choose between baseball and Jesus. But, and then he starts like just facing the screen and just quoting Bible scriptures, just like Psalms 1822. If you have a good thing that you're good at for the Lord, you better be good at it for the Lord. Like killing his dad with this scripture. And he's like, dad, look at this. And he holds him a piece of paper and he unfolds it. And the dad's like, what's this? I'm not making this up. This really happens. It's in a film that you might be able to see in the theaters. Probably not by the time this episode comes out. It's a baseball diamond on a piece of paper. He goes, look, dad. And he draws a line from, you know, what? First second base. Second, second to home. And then from, <laughs> third, from to first. third to first. And he's like, look, it's in the shape of a cross. 
Ipso facto. It is when you think about it. You <laughs> must let me play baseball. Facts. And then he does. <laughs> I mean, it's empirical proof. I mean, you make the cross. Yeah, he's a, you said I had to choose baseball or the Lord. I say Bofa. So Bofa, <laughs> son, what's Bofa? And he goes, Bofa D's. And he pulls up a baseball and a crucifix. That part didn't happen, but I can't. And I don't. Uh, that's actually a deleted scene that uh, Marshawn Lynch has. <laughs> I, I hate that I said that joke, which is very funny of me to say. But unfortunately, that undercuts the actual funnier part, which really happens in the movie, where he draws a cross on the baseball diamond to exhibit to his preacher father that baseball is Jesus and thus. Basically. It's okay to play. <laughs> okay, uh, Justine, which of Colin's guns did he hold to your head to make you see this movie? That it was like 10 a.m. or 3.45. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Two showings, like, middle of the day. We've been pushing this movie off for a week. Yeah, and it was Tuesday. Popcorn was $5. Right. And but historically, you've been smart enough to not attend these abominations. You know, it's not really a Jesus movie. In, <laughs> in that... <laughs> It is a uh, on my like Jesus movie uh, okay. like D and D alignment chart. I was thinking I would probably call this like lawful neutral. Yeah, totally. Whereas yeah. a um, nefarious would be like chaotic evil. Like yes. that is like <laughs> yes. Like there's no swaths of people being denigrated in this film. Right. Um, it is about characters who have religion play a role in their life, mm-hmm. and it's not portrayed as a bad thing. So um, running the bases went harder. Oh yeah, because that's okay. I guess that's I would call that's it a persecution. That's a persecution, and I would yeah. probably call that uh, lawful evil because it's like playing by the rules, but it's yeah. portraying like don't you pray in my school? Like that's absurd, right? Yeah. That's kind of there's sort of an Nobody evil. Does that. <laughs> yeah, there's somewhat of an evil agenda portrayed right. there. Whereas just saying, "Gosh darn it," and I don't give a spit, and like taking. Oh, heck. Yeah, taking out any form of profanity and just kind of portraying. Uh-huh. But overdubbed. Yeah, yeah. You see someone. So it's ma- more just like Christians making a movie versus like making a Christian movie. Right. And it could. So the ar- the argument to be made here is that the father, who is this preacher and is very like uh, bullheaded about it, he's kind of the bad guy of the movie by standing in the way of his son. Eventually, you know, his arc is that he comes around and watches his son play a game eventually. Um, he comes around to it. But in a sense, you could argue that um, being super orthodox about your beliefs kind of gets in the way of the spirit of, you know, um, compassion and Uh other religious stuff. So it's not like, you know, even though they're genuinely quoting a bunch of scripture at you, it's not like everyone who believes in God is really cool and everyone who doesn't Mm -hmm. is evil and again, there's, there's not like a, a guy who he plays it on the team with who's like, I don't believe in none of that. And then at some point he has to like have hands laid on him and pray and be converted. Like that stuff doesn't happen. So in that sense, okay. it's not strictly a Jesus movie. That's cool. But it's pretty jesus It is definitely Jesus-y feeling in that those movies all have terrible music and terrible timing. Like, Always music. Yeah. Always dramatic music. Oh, Every time yeah. a scene changes, it, Yeah, especially basically. when they don't need it. How? What's the percentage of screen time of which someone is tearing up or crying in the film? 65? <laughs> yeah. Is that... That's, oh, my that's God. That's conservative estimate, right? Well, it was a brittle boy. Yeah, Listen, there's always something a little... Something dramatic happening. Here's the banger. Here, let, me, let me hit you with another one. So uh, the kids just moved to town. 
and um, they go up to these kids playing baseball. Like, oh, we love baseball. Hey, let us play baseball. I'm the brother. This is my brittle bone brother. Let us play. And I swear to God, there's like a where I find these movies to be a little evil. If I were to argue, like the true evil underneath these films is in omission because it's like. There's like a black kid on the baseball team, and I, like, I was going to ask you: Were there any people of color in this we're, movie? We're talking in it's Texas, it's the '60s, uh-huh. it's like hard segregation or like civil rights movement kind of era stuff. None of that is on the film. Not a not a lick of screen. Yeah. There's a little black kid in the movie, but he's not like he's just one of the kids. He's, he's just there. one of the kids, okay. and like you know, he even like tries out for the majors later. Oh, there's Jesus. one. One thing. Go on. When they first get to the town where the dad's going to start preaching and where the film takes place, because they like moved from somewhere else. So they first get there and somebody helps them because their car broke down and they go to their house. And there's a black lady there working there. Yeah, yeah. yeah like a mm-hmm. maid or something. And then uh, she refers to the little boy and she, I don't know what she says. Like, is that, an, is, or, did you like that, sir, or whatever? And he's like, sir, you don't have to call me that. And his sister's like, if you knew him, you wouldn't call him, sir. And she's like, uh, yes, I would. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah, so there's still, I don't know, there's something to be said about, you know, what you're not saying in a, in a film when you're portraying these kind of eras but uh, it, whatever there's a, there's there's a lot to talk about there but we'll we'll, we'll glaze over for now so they're at the thing there there's uh, the brother the brittle bone boy uh little black kid's like sure y'all can play and then there's this bully guy who's the pitcher he's like i ain't playing with no robot boy <laughs> calls a <him laughs> robot boy like 20 times yeah, in the movie a lot. and he's like i'll tell you what if i hit that ball you gotta let us play he's like shoot i'm the best pitcher in this county y'all ain't gonna hit this ball and then the um, kid goes, and it's like strike one, strike two. And then the kid's like flashback to when he was given a hit, a full body rotation is how you hit a ball. So he like punches his brace off. With his, with the bat. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, so I got to get full rotation. Smash, bah! smash. And so then he's on the third pitch, bam, like, you know. Uh, Knocks uh, it out. Yeah. And so he's like, I don't care. I still ain't playing with you, robot boy. And he's like, you're a liar then. Who's calling me a liar? That's like what we're kind of in for with the movie. Uh, but yeah, getting having a guy in braces called Robot Boy is <laughs> fucking 10 out of 10 bullying. Uh, what year does this take place again? So 60s, that's a funny right? thing. It's like when nothing is happening on screen, <laughs> your mind tends to wander. This is the movie I was actually on my phone for. Yeah, it wasn't uh, The Good Mother. Good Mother I paid attention to. This movie, I was like, all right. But I was, this is a, a good movie to meditate on the idea of um, this concept that when something dies or ends or is over, it gets replaced with an invention of something else. So that's how nostalgia works, right? Or, you know, you think about when a person passes away, like the image of them that gets created in your mind is like of a great human being, you know, like, oh, that was a great guy because you're erasing all the dickhead things they did because they're dead. They are no longer here. So in their place, a new invention of what that person is uh, takes place. And like the fifties, the sixties, that stuff is uh, the greatest example of like a bygone era that has just been replaced by a fantasy of what it was, you know? Yeah, completely. And this is like such a movie that is obsessed with that legend. And I I guess continuing that legend and that lore of, ah, shucks, we're just hardworking folk. Um, So it's like very nostalgic and in love with itself. And I'm just like, where is this? fantasy coming from and 
why does this fantasy persist? I think the people that would have that fantasy are dead now. You well, there there wasn't a young crowd watching this film with us. Damn and, near dead, huh? And I'm yeah. I'm just like trying to think of this era. Yes, I'm like it must be like the early 50s or something and then it cuts to as he gets older he's in high school and they go to watch american graffiti and i'm like hold the fuck on <laughs> you, so then when he was calling him robot boy in austin texas like the 13th floor elevators were playing like no 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 i'm not an american history scholar but like by the time you get to american graffiti in the theaters i kind of know what's going on in the yeah. world and it ain't aw shucks gee willikers robot boy especially in austin <laughs> I like, know. Dude, it's, come on it's man. pretty friggin ridiculous man this film definitely fixated on that period but they were in the middle of nowhere they, yeah, they weren't in Austin. Why, why, did yeah. I, why am I thinking of Austin? Maybe that's where the finals were or something. Powers. Yeah, I, that's right. Gold member. They were, I was thinking of how shagadelic the film was. <laughs> so flash forward, because the kid's playing baseball. He's like, I want to be in the majors. And they're like, all right, well, you just got to do good in front of these scouts. And he's doing well. But he can't run because his bones are brittle. And so they're like, we're not going <laughs> to get you because you can't run. Like, Which robot. is like pretty reasonable yeah. in all fairness. Like, he's like, but I can hit the ball harder and farther than anything else. And no, they're you like, can't. Yeah, but I mean, sure, but you can't run. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like really important at the major league level. But then he's like, I guess if he knocks it out of the park, he doesn't have to run, right? I mean, he can walk. The players that do good on the on like this outside field get to go into the inside field and try out for the big time scout. So the little scouts have to approve you before you get to play for the big scout. And while they're on the little field, he is hitting the ball consistently every time so hard that it goes over the stadium into the big field. And it's like coming close to beaning the big scout guy. And he's like, who's hitting those balls? And it's Ricky Hill who's hitting them. And he's like, well, you still can't run, so I still don't want you on the team. And he's like, okay, tell you what. <laughs> he works out a deal, and this is like kind of the climax of the film, where um, he gets to be the designated hitter for both teams at an exhibition game. Yeah, <laughs> and, sure. And that's like the finale is him playing ball. What a legend. And like the, the, the coach guy who actually does a good job. He's like this surly coach man. He's like standing on the field, like behind the pitcher, Watching the pitcher. He like wants him to fail really bad. So yeah. He's like telling the pitchers too. that come out, don't go easy on him. And then he even brings out the, their Trevor Hoffman, you know, and it's like, he's this big guy. He's a closer. He comes out and he's like, finish him. And then, uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> but then uh, of course, Ricky. Yeah. He can ball. hit anything, huh? Yeah. Especially when his dad shows up to the game. Oh my God. Had, that's like a superpower. He yes. said, he's like, I've never watched him play before. And I used to think it was cool that I did that. But now I'm ashamed. I'm going to go watch my kid. And so <laughs> he says he that? Did. Yes. I thought it was cool. Basically. Yeah. I used oh. to be proud of that. Yeah. It was something oh, I was yeah. proud of. I it was like, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But no, that's not the part I was trying to talk oh. about. Before he gets to that, like the major league scouts are going to be there. Right. There's some other game he's playing that's supposed to be a big deal. He's an outfielder. He's running to go catch a, a like a fly ball. And he trips on a sprinkler head and breaks his ankle. Like they show it and it's like a like a comedy movie where the foot is like <laughs> bent in a weird yeah. way. And they're like, oh, geez, don't look at it. It's really bad. And then he goes to the doctor and they're like, it's a fracture. <laughs> yeah. And the, 
But but more to the point, these are the most brittle bones I've ever seen. Yeah, they're like, you, you have to get... have a bunch of surgery on this ankle, but also, you can't walk. Yeah. <laughs> but the tryouts for the big leagues are in seven weeks or something. And he's like, I can do it. <laughs> what? Yeah, the doctor is very clearly like, "You're. we can maybe get you to walk. You are not to be playing ball again. Yeah, but he's like, I'm going to do it anyway. And he does. Last moment of ridiculousness, I swear. The pitcher guy hits him. Uh, you know, hits him in the sides and his brittle bones and he falls to the ground and they're like, well, we didn't strike you out, but I guess you can walk. And he's like, no, I don't going to walk. And they're like, you have to, you got hit. He goes, no, this is an exhibition game. We can do anything we want. And they're like, fair enough. Pitch again. <laughs> and that's when he gets the home run. And then they just come onto the field and take him away. <laughs> Real movie in the theaters right now. Yes. Based on a true story, right? Yeah. So then they tell you um, he ended up playing for the majors. He he got in and he played for the Expos, though. And then he. Oh, uh, shit. Loki shade. And he played for four years or something. And then his bones got the best of him. Yeah. Oh. I, I thought it was like two years. It was a very brief career that Ricky Hill yeah. had. But you could, all, all my Ricky heads can look that up and yeah. correct us in the email. But then they're like, this is really depressing at the end. Um, oh, it kind of reminded me of whatever Sweetwater was that the movie that Dylan yeah, saw? Yeah, the basketball movie. Where it's like now he drives a, drives a taxi or something. Yeah, this was like he now he coaches a little league team and he uh, he's a golf he's instructor. A golf instructor. <laughs> it shows like a picture of him. It's like don't tell me that. Yeah, that doesn't know. help like, the story. No, and then kick into the most sad. fucking yeehaw ass song like a country roads and a good. Ball, baseballs, what I want. Justine, what's the uh, actual diagnosis of this guy's thing? Not like brittle bones. Yeah, I wish uh, the I fact could that we kept calling it brittle bones. It's like they the doctor says it, it's like degenerative spinal something or there. Other. We go. Okay. And uh, yeah, but <laughs> generally speaking, yeah, he's got he's all like twisted up. So he had to wear those braces and or stuff. stump syndrome. At no point did he have a baseball card issued. I'm just oh. checking the bay over <laughs> here. There's well, nothing. they weren't tuned yeah. in at the time. To... Yeah. Ricky, so uh, the overall the hill or, or, is this a mountain or is this a molehill? <laughs> <laughs> is a home run or is this a out? It's a foul ball. This is a foul molehill. Uh, it's pretty bad. It's pretty boring. Um, it is over two hours long. Yeah. Oh, gee, over? Over. Yes. Like oh 217 the hard way. Fuck. Yeah, man. It's uh, pretty grueling. Um, this is one in an empty theater with the boys. It would be very funny to bust on. I might bust on it with the boys later, but uh, for actual value of the film, it is um, pretty rough. Yeah. This is what? Molehill? Yeah, or a foul ball. <laughs> okay, this or a foul is, molehill. Yeah, <laughs> this is a foul ball. ball that like hits you in the mouth. <laughs> Ooh, that <laughs> sucks. Like you're in the stands. Yeah, damn, that sucks. Um, it was boring, but also kind of fascinating because <laughs> true. you're watching this happen, and you're like, this feels like a parody. It feels like you're watching a parody. You know, the music and he, the cheering. There People is, crying constantly. constantly yeah, and there's no point when you don't think he's going to be able to play baseball. Right, right. <laughs> hey, Colin, you want to tell us about the best movies of the last 25 years? So I don't know if you guys will find this as interesting as I did, but uh, I guess Rotten Tomatoes sent a survey out to like a bunch of critics. And they're just like, what are the best the top 25 movies of the last 25 years. 
And uh, there's this list, and I thought it was somewhat interesting. I'll, I'll go over it kind of rapid fire. Stop me if you hear anything that uh, uh, worth talking about. We got uh, The Arrival uh, from 2016, not the Charlie Sheen one, unfortunately. You're going from the bottom up. Yeah, yeah, 25 to number one. Number 24, Black Panther, which big old question mark there. Uh, Paddington 2 at number 23. Uh, Tree of Life at 22. 21 is Inglorious Bastards. 20 is Zodiac. 19, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, uh, which I think is the first one. Um, 18, the Coen Brothers movie Inside Lulin Davis. 17, Whiplash. 16, Magnolia. 15, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, 14, Moonlight. 13, Get Out. 12, There Will Be Blood. 11, No Country for Old Men. 10, Social Network. 9, The Matrix. 8, Pan's Labyrinth. 7, Spirited Away. 6, In the Mood for Love. 5, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. 4, Dark Knight. Three Mulholland Drive. Number two is Parasite, and number one Borat, which I thought was crazy. No, 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 I'm just kidding. It was National Treasure two. <laughs> Dan Brown's Angels and Demons at number one. No, the number one movie was uh, Mad Max Fury Road, which I thought was like kind of cool to land at that. Mm-hmm. Interesting take. I don't know if I would come up with that conclusion, but I also wouldn't fight it. Yeah. Interesting batch of films, though. Some weird fucking takes on here. I throw it out to the to the to the group. Was what do you guys think? Was this list based on uh, critics? Yeah, it was uh, like yeah. it was like a, th- a pretty Aggregate big scores. number, like maybe ten thousand. It was a lot. It wasn't like twenty guys. Oh. And yes, presumably it's Rotten Tomatoes, so they aggregate it all. Yeah, but um, like the scores kind of like done when the movies came out. I the, presume. Well, no, it was done like today, like recently. No, what I mean is like uh, most of the re- those reviews were probably written when the movie came out, so there's not like the. Well, no, looking I think the, back factor? the survey was sent out now, so there was a looking back factor. So it's like, what do you think are the top 25 movies of the past 25 oh, years? Oh, God. That's it, when they did it. it, it. It's it. not like the top highest rated one. Yeah, that's what I've said. That would be different. Okay. No, this is that's like, interesting. hey, well, like a, I think, who is it? Sight and Sound? Sight and Sound Decadal Film Survey. Yeah, they oh, wow. they do that something similar where they're like, hey, what are the best movies of all time? That's like the bougie people. They get like really highbrow answers on that. And this one is also limited to twenty the last twenty five years of film. Yeah. Which is apparently the funniest last twenty five years of film. <laughs> the funniest years of film are the last twenty five years. Uh anything eyebrow raising on this list that you guys took away from? I'd probably cut thirteen of them and keep twelve. What do you got? What do you dislike? What are you adding? I'll tell you what I'd keep, just keep it positive. I'd I'd keep Fury Road. I I thought that was a cool movie. Definitely was a phenomenon when it came out, and I really liked how it was shot in order. They didn't shoot the scenes out of order. It was a linear uh, production, which is that's never done. So I don't know. That, that was fascinating. Uh, I think Parasite belongs on there. That was a little movie that could. Mulholland Drive I'd keep on there just because, uh, I don't know, I've, I've rewatched it a bunch of times before figuring out that you're just supposed to follow the color red in order to get a different experience. Um, I think Pan's Labyrinth was a phenomenon when it came out. I need to rewatch it. So I haven't seen that one in a long time, too. I remember really loving it. Yeah. Uh, no Country for Old Men belongs on there. Oh, do you have something for Pan's Still Pan? fucking sucks, dude. Yeah, get him, Still Dylan. fucking sucks. Listen, Pan's Labyrinth, my ass, dude. Negative Dylan. Why, do you, why, do you, why are you not? I'm just kidding. That's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Get Out definitely deserves to be on there. Um, I've got a maybe on Moonlight. Everything, everywhere, and all at once. I think that definitely belongs on there. I'd, I'd include Whiplash. It's funny they mentioned Zodiac. I, I, like if you're talking about uh, 
What's the guy in that? Is it uh, Gyllenhaal that's in that? Yeah. Yeah. So like, if you're thinking Gyllenhaal, I mean, people would probably also cite Spotlight. Yeah. And that's, I didn't, right? I think Spotlight it's not on won there. an Academy Award. Mm-hmm. It did. It, it, won, it won multiple ones. I the, remember, I, I think we saw Zodiac in theaters. I did too, yeah. I didn't remember it being good, but I also remember it being like a movie. You yeah, know, but like, it was also like, it was kind of panned at the time. So maybe it's like, like in retrospect people were able to appreciate it but i I would think you would slide spotlight over it right yeah for sure or even like like newspaper movie with jake gyllenhaal doubt i thought was one that was like at the time you know clamored for but didn't really make the didn't make the list zodiac's a weird one though we can kind of agree yeah yeah yeah. it's not Um, not a bad movie just like okay odd choice for top 25 yeah yeah. um i think you'd probably think bastards is a, a weird uh, you, actually, you haven't seen Inglorious Bastards, right? Yeah, but I, but for like yeah. for reasons. <laughs> I mean, I, I, mean could, I don't know. Would you call that the best Tarantino movie? No, I think like you could probably slide probably a couple in its place. Honestly, yeah. Like even uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think you could slide in there. Like that recent one, um, Arrival is like an odd one. I think for most people, but I do remember that year, like seeing it multiple times yeah. just because it was i don't know i thought it was cool i don't know how well it aged i need to check it out now um and then so yeah those are the 12 i would keep from there and i would replace the other 13 with um obviously rogue one because i'm such a dork for that movie um like i mentioned once upon a time in hollywood probably swap in for inglorious bastards spider-verse it's got to be on there right the first one Jeez, I in know. terms of novel animation I yeah mean, i i because Spirited Away is on there, I think Spider Verse right. is better. I think, yeah, I, th- I feel like they were just we're going to pick an animated movie. Um, I think like you know you got to have some foreign films on there, right? So I grabbed uh, Worst Person in the World, which is from Norway. That film's incredible. Maybe Extraordinary, just because I rated it really high, but I'd need to rewatch it. I don't, I don't know if it's like a an all timer. I think The Town, that Ben Affleck movie, should be on that list uh, over some of the other stuff um maybe gdt's pinocchio if you want to go with some crazy animation right uh michael clayton should be on a list of you know top 25 of the last 25 like i think like unanimously um you know a lot of people that watch a ton of movies would cite that as as needing to be on there i don't know why but i hear that discussed all the time michael clayton the movie i don't know i've never seen that movie you'd love it george clinton men yelling at men i love like phones i do like men yelling at men it's all there uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, if you want to go, if you want to put Wes Anderson on the list, I think that one's there. Uh, time will tell on the menu, but I thought that should be in the conversation, um, just because I like that one a lot. If you want to have horror on there, I'd go with the anthology Trick or Treat. Uh, 28 Days Later, that was a massive phenomenon that yeah. had a big impact on what horror could be. And then for documentary, I'd toss in The Act of Killing, that's a Joshua Oppenheimer movie. That um, I, I got to see the New York opening for that. And when he introduced the film, he said, I'd say enjoy the film, but it's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just basically like, yeah, just this brutal ass documentary that uh, is, is stirring and, and definitely, I hate to say this word, but it's important. Um, and then my honorable mentions, I'd go Mandy. I thought that was cool. Another cool thing for horror. Barbarian, I thought was another cool thing for horror. Uh, there's a foreign movie called Headhunters, which I recently watched. That kind of a, uh, a diamond in the rough. We mentioned that Rambo movie. I don't think that should be in the top twenty-five, but uh, yeah, that, it was notable. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Last night in Soho was pretty cool, but that's recency effect. 
I think the before trilogy, like it's kind of crazy that not a single one of them is in there. That's that Ethan Hawke, uh, Julie Delpy series okay. that takes place. I mean, there's like before, uh, before sunrise, before midnight, uh, bef- before sunset. I've never, never heard of those movies. You'll get to, you watch all the, you're, you're doing the Criterion Roulette, right? Yeah, yeah. You're well, we were them. until we had to watch all these Conjuring movies since the new Nun movie was coming out. <laughs> and we had to watch all the Equalizing movies because the Equalizer was coming yeah. out. So when you're, we've you're, been busy. You'll, you'll, you'll encounter them. and They're, they're watching they're real special. films. It's like, it's three movies spanning um, uh, the different phases in uh, a couple's relationship with each other. You know, like their their courtship, their marriage, their divorce. Okay. And it's, it's takes, it I think it's Linkletter, but yeah, it go, it's like over the span of years. They film it, you know, a decade in between, I think, something like What's that. What's the one where uh, Kylo Ren just screams at that woman for like a whole movie? 65, he yells at the little girl. No, that's a dinosaur one. The one where they're like in a divorce or something. Oh, God, the one with the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, like the they have a divorce or something? Yeah, we should, bro- I, think, <laughs> I think you should leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that, that was my thought on that list. I had a, I was just kind of like looking over 2000s and, or like mm-hmm. movies from the last 25 years. I don't know. It's weird because there were movies that were like gassed up super hard in their time mm-hmm. that like, like, uh, did you guys forget this or were you guys just lying about liking it? Amelie is in that range and that movie was one of the most sucked off movies of and its time. Juno is adjacent to that. Juno's too. in there. Juno and Amelie, um, right? yeah. Birdman. Oh, yeah. Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. Boyhood. I would think Eyes Wide Shut would get there just to get the cred. Is that right? in the last 25 years? Yeah, 99. Okay. Um, Uncut Gems, maybe that's recently animated. The big, I think, e- even the the cooler pull than Spirited Away, because I feel like that was a more of a cred thing. Oh, you 100%. Know? Yeah. Um, and not that it's undeserving or anything, but it's like, There's oh, God, we have to put an animated movie. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I think Iron Giant was pretty significant in oh, its yeah. time and like definitely had a lasting effect. Adaptation, maybe that wasn't as big for other it people. It was cool. As yeah. it was. But I felt that that was recognized. Sideways was... A pretty John Mal- being John Malkovich was yeah. in that conversation too. That was yeah, that yeah. was hyped up. American Beauty, like that yeah. wasn't that an Academy Award winner. Dallas Buyers Club, you all just forgot about oh that movie entirely. God. Argo, you forgot about that movie. Black Swan lives on in infamy and like Pinterest boards and shit. But Slumdog Millionaire won against that The Dark big. Knight when it came out. People would not stop talking about that. And it that is for twenty twenty three. It is forgotten entirely wow um i thought it was crazy not to i mean i don't know i guess i got boy movies on the brain but wolf of wall street yeah uh the departed if you're the black panther one is definitely like gun to your head pick a superhero movie like logan that's not that to me i think is if you're gonna pick a bougie elevated superhero not that dark knight isn't but like you know i even i if i had to talk mcu i would still put like uh uh, like infinity war or civil war i thought was a pretty no. impressive MC, MCU. I'm not saying if if you have to put an MCU movie in there, what do you put in? Probably Black Panther. Really? It's Over- just so different, and like you don't need, you don't have to have watched all 20 movies right. before you can watch that one. It stands on its own. Winter Soldier is pretty lore dependent. Yeah, that's the problem. Is none right. of these movies stand alone. You have to watch them as a whole and then judge them as a whole. Yeah, I guess you're only crying about Logan if you've spent your <laughs> adolescence watching every <laughs> 16 different X-Men movies. But it's cool in an equalizer way, too. Right. God he equalizes the shit out of those guys. Yeah, he does. Um, I, I, you know, I know, I like, I get that Pan's Labyrinth takes up the spot, but Pacific Rim, man. Come on. Shape of Water? Shape of Water? 
Y'all gave that an award. Too weird. I, yeah, they're scared. They don't want to. They think. put Pan's Labyrinth in there already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, if you're gonna. Yeah, I might swap out Pacific Rim for Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, put some. Put, fuck it. GDT gets two. Yeah, it gets two. Why not? Um, I thought the I'm still caught on the Big Short. I don't care what anyone says. I think that, that that's a huge movie for me. Um, History of Violence, Eastern Promises. Are these films sure. jokes to you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't can't believe they would but uh i have a i have a quadrilogy of comedies and i don't know i guess any of these would go in but i, was, I just kind of like looked at a bunch of movies from this era and i was yeah, like you have to fuck idiocracy stepbrothers super bad the big lebowski putting the the lulin davis one yeah that's one of the weaker ones honestly I over really the like i mean the big lebowski is in the time frame and it's like again you just don't yeah. want to be you don't want to be thought of as the Basic. Liking the Coen Brothers movie that stoners also that like. Everybody likes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're just being uh, uh, yeah. too cool for it. But I mean, that's the that's that's the one to me. I don't know. And I think that's the one to most people, honestly, because right. that's the one that gets referenced. It's such like a, a cultural touchstone. Like I don't know. I mean, obviously, if we're going all time, that would, those wouldn't that wouldn't be the one. But like twenty last twenty five years. Yeah, within the last twenty five years. Yeah, because I mean, because that would go Resident Arizona, but that's not within the range. I don't know. Fargo, Fargo came out before that. It's like probably. it's like on the cusp. Right, right. I looked at it. Yeah, yeah. Dylan, you like seeing Paddington two on this list? Fucking, I was so happy. <laughs> is, this, is that? Am I crazy for thinking that's weird? I haven't seen it, so I can't comment. Great movie. It is a good sequel. Yeah, you've seen Paddington One. You saw like what the sh- like the what shots were. <laughs> like, remember that scene where they showed you the every the family members in the house, and they're like in a big ass set of the house, and they're just like one of them's taking a bath, the mom's like cooking some shit, but they're like zooming in, and then they'll zoom out, and they're still doing it. What? Two was crazy, bro. I'm definitely gonna check it out. Yeah, I feel like I feel like. Uh... Well, Justine, I don't, I don't know. You you deserve to bring this one up, but Coraline, oh, or yeah. Corpse, even Corpse, oh, Corpse Bride kind of sucks. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> so Visually, Corpse Bride, Coraline's is, great. Yeah, Coraline's yeah. the the, the the positive side of that. I honestly, I just have a hard time thinking of what is in the twenty five years. What movies came out <laughs> in yeah. twenty five years? And uh, I think some of these are weird, just because why. Like the arrival, I think is weird. Even though I like the source material, mm-hmm. I also haven't seen a lot of these because they seem boring. So <laughs> yeah, that's a, what's the love one that's at number Mood for Love? That one any good? Oh, Has anyone uh, seen that? No, but um, I saw it streaming. I mean, I saw that it is streaming. What is it? What's it on? It's one of the best movies. I'll watch it. They're real cinephile over here. <laughs> if it's good, I'll see it. <laughs> If it's not good, you'll see it. Yeah, it's true. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I haven't seen that one either. Hulu. I don't know if you would watch it though. Uh, I what guess you mean? like you like subtitled movies. I can watch it. It's not a, not a complete buffoon. Did you see his reaction when you said that? Have you seen it? Like a long time ago. Mood for Love. Yeah. Okay. Social networks are weird. Again, I I, I don't agree. In with a that world one. in a yeah. world where the Big Short exists, I'm not accepting. Right. I like The Departed too. Is that too like fucking getting a fight with me somewhere? I'm sure somebody would, but not me. I feel like that was a. I don't know. I guess I'm a Scorsese head. I just want my man to get some some sort of juice. Do you remember that King Missile song uh, about Scorsese? No. The lyrics are, he makes the best fucking films. He makes the best fucking films. I want to bite off his nose and then bite his head off. And it's just like, it just gets more and more violent. <laughs> Shout out King Missile. I don't disagree. It was on a major label. It's weird. 90s were crazy. There's no just like comedy comedy. Yeah. I mean... 
I thought Magnolia was funny. I guess, you know, or wait. Oh, they didn't put a American Beauty on there because they're afraid of Kevin Spacey, right? Yeah. yeah. Even though everybody wouldn't Again, they, stop talking about that yeah. movie for forever. I haven't rewatched it since it came out, but I've heard that it doesn't age well either. Not because of Kevin Spacey, but... Because I think cause everyone knocked it off. Like, it's just been yeah. ripped off so many times. It was like a, what do you call it? Like the dissection of the suburban tranquility and the... Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah. the real Chads at the time were watching... Um, we're watching Happiness, which was, yeah, even in its, its time, true. a better version of it was. what American Beauty was doing. Yeah. And I wouldn't be opposed to putting on the list, but, you know. That's, that's I like your, your adaptation pick. That's a good one. I, Lord of the Rings is weird, too. Why are you pretending? Like, why not a Harry Potter movie, then? Why not a Twilight movie? If we're just, like, naming... Not that's, as good. That's Peter Jackson, a, bro. It's a, I, like, <laughs> I love those fucking Lord of the Rings movies. It's just odd to see on the list. I guess it's like impressive. It's so epic. Feel life good? I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's um, long form. Get that one in uh, Cloud Atlas confused all the time for no good reason. I know they're very different. Cloud Atlas should have been on here. (laughs) There's like five movies in that movie. Yeah. Bang for your buck, it's called. What what about this La La Land? Everybody wouldn't stop talking about La La Land and compares everything. That might have been more of a trend than like an enduring title. I would. I want to be like, um, like the 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 incel guy who gets this and just puts drive, like drive the Joker, drive the Joker, <laughs> <laughs> driving Mrs. Joker. <laughs> right. Yeah. There was no like literally me movies on here. B movies. Literally me movies. Oh, literally me. Yeah. I put B movie in there for real. Yeah. yeah. Where's oh. B movie at? <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Oh yeah. Capote. That oh, was a talked about film. Yeah. yeah. And I, uh, I don't think I've seen that one either. What would a modern B movie that plays in theaters be? Oh, I mean, we've seen Renfield. Yeah, I mean, but that's, it's like I feel like that's like expensive a gen- B movie. That's a gentrified B movie. Yeah, the mean one or fucking Terrifier too. Those are like okay, real You're right. in the in the fucking gutty works. And like, wait. you don't want to put fucking flowers on their name, but these Jesus movies, those are the true fucking like, bro. Uh, you can't tell me Nefarious isn't like. <laughs> One of the most, I mean, fucking, what's the goddamn, the, the, the kids. Those are C movies for What's Christ. the kids getting molested movie? The fucking. Sound of Freedom? The, yeah, Sound of Freedom. I mean, that's, that's a classic model exploitation film right yeah. there. Yeah, those are B movies, but they, yeah, they get so sucked in with like the, the culture war BS, you don't consider them that, but those are classic model exploitation films. Yeah. But they would have you believe that it would be like a Megan or a talk to me, but those are, no. those are, those are too highbrow. It's like mid budget. Yeah. Yeah. Eternal Sunshine. That's about, that's Where was that? People were talking. People Lost in it. Translation. Jesus. That was a phenomenon. The terminal. Yep. The terminal. <laughs> yep. That had its moment, but. I love that movie, dude. Was it, would you legit put that on Top 25? Uh, no, but it was a great movie. Honorable mention for what do you think? Uh, what do you think of the Ten list? Items or Less featuring Morgan Freeman. Very small indie film that he was in. <laughs> like dude, I've lot. never even heard of that. One Hour Photo. One Hour. No, you want to know my list? Oh, you have a real list? Yeah. I'll listen. All right. These are the movies I would replace. I would replace Arrival, The Tree of Life, Inglorious Bastards, Zodiac, Lord of the Rings, Inside Lewin Davis, Social Network, Mulholland Drive, Magnolia. And if I could just take two off because like, I'm indifferent about them, mm-hmm. is uh, There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men. Yeah, those are two. I feel, I, it's really funny that those are in succession on the list. I swear to God, you think of one and then you remember the other. Yeah, right. <laughs> and yeah. like... They're, they're both fine. 
but I kind of would say just so. And uh, what's that? What's the dude's name from? Uh, there will be blood. Daniel Day Lewis. Right. Kills it. Oh, of course. No, these are they're, they're they're good movies. I drink your milkshake, bro. I remember. Yeah. I had to replace them. I I picked Punisher Warzone. Right. Yeah. We were talking about it, and I was like, Oh yeah, that's, that's a MCU great, answer right that's there. My, that's my MCU answer. What's up? Right. Crank two. Yep. Saw three D. Oh, nice. Fast AKA the, Saw Seven. Dude, dude you have to slow down because then you're just you're just crushing it right I'm now. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Like it's unbelievable. Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, Damn, specifically the third call. one. Good call. The art house version. Yeah. The art house. Oh, there's kick. that B movie I was looking for. Yeah. And I forgot Colin reminded me about my favorite uh what's his name? You tell JG uh what's his name? Oh, uh GDT. GDT. Guillermo del Toro. You reminded me of my favorite movie of his, Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. I would throw that in there, honestly. Yep. But I would keep Pan's Labyrinth. That's a good movie, too. Yeah. Uh, Shrek 1 or 2. I'll take either one. Okay. May, underground horror film. <laughs> Jesus, okay. Dude, what a respect. Pole. Yeah, respect. okay. Yeah, I respect that pick. Mystery Men. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a stiller movie, right? You're an yes. animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and, but. You're re- a freak, dude. To replace the one-offs, which would be the uh, No Country for Old Men, and There Will Be Blood. You put a gun in my head, it's like, you can replace those two, which you're doing right now. Oh, Colin. God. Put I it away, prob- dude. That's fucking sketch. I would probably put Zoolander. I would say Zoolander, and then the, the, real, the real outsider is a Cable Guy. Mm-hmm. Like, if I was mm-hmm. being honest. Yes. I understand you're not supposed to put those kind of movies on these lists, but if I was really being honest, like, those are, those are two... Those are up there with my comedy nah, picks. You're, you're putting mystery men. They're comic book guys, dude. Right. Wee Herman. We're going to put Gridiron Gang featuring The Rock and Exhibit and some kids. And Chronicle. That's right, dude. That's some underground film featuring our boy Michael B. Jordan and uh, Dwayne Duhon and some other guy. Yeah, he was like, was he like a kid in that? Like young? Uh, I think he was. He must have been just like 20. Chronicle. I know it's like that 2012 movie. or something. Okay. I was like in high school when that movie came out. Changed my high school uh, classmates' lives. They would have shut the fuck up about that film. And I, I understand, bro. What was that vampire one that was so big? The You'll Never Walk Alone After Sunshine or whatever? Let Me In? Girl a girl walks, walks home alone. Okay, that's, I'm that's not worthy of top twenty-five though. That's just bro, I'm not listening to you if you say twenty-eight days later is in there. You're, that's you're you're going to jail for that pick. That's a twenty-eight wild days one. later is better than a girl who walks home alone at night. I don't think sure. I saw that one, but I think what was the other one? That, what was the other one that you just said? Let, let, me, right let the right one. Let the right one in. That one's that, good. Yeah, I think the the the, the foreign version of that. Even was, even the yeah. American one yeah. is like a decent. I like the I like the subtitle one of that. That was like that was that was some good bougie horror. Would I'm trying put, to see a Dylan Zepeda remake of Mystery Men. That'd be cool. I work with Ben Stiller. How do you remake Perfection? I know. And this dude he, knows and, how to. He does sadly, shot for shot, shot for shot, like shot on camcorder though for IMAX. And I'm sadly, our boy Mr. Smashmouth is dead. Rest in peace, alive. So he can't redo the music video with him. There's Rest in a, peace. There's some funny bits in that movie. I, as, a, as a Stiller head, like I, re, I respect that pick. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to butcher it if I try to quote it, but I'll just say that uh, Mystery Men has has a couple laughs. You know, I remember that movie. Why is that? Um, but my homie's coffee shop, he just has that VHS and was playing it. I got sucked in for a minute. Respect. <laughs> and there's no volume. I'm just like watching it. Just yeah. like, dude, a sick. good movie you can watch without the sound. Yeah. Is it William H. Macy, uh, the spoon bending guy? Yeah. That I, sounds familiar. I think, he, yeah, that's his homie. Was that an original IP or is that? Oh yeah, that was just that was all. I was ground up. That's so cool. I know, and that was like, 
post blade maybe post steel post spawn but like pre uh x-men spider-man so it was like in that and it and i think it lost a lot of money it did so it was very kind of one of those movies that's pointed to like why they didn't make superhero movies for a while (laughs) i was like well we put that shit out and that didn't work and fucking still rubbing the stink of uh batman and robin Mm out of here i don't think that was in the last 25 years but i might that might make my top 25 batman and robin that is uh, all of the Planet of the Apes new ones. That's a hard. I was <laughs> Rises and the Dawn. Yeah, Rise Dawn. Yeah, the, War. Rise is kind of a perfect movie, but that's also I'm I'm saying recency bias because I just rewatched that. But man, that was a banger when, when it came did you out. Watch that last week, two or weeks something. ago, something. Like yeah, that? yeah, I was on a kick. I just watched those two, and I can't watch War because it's not streaming anywhere. So I don't know how it ends. Well, I also I remember you, not liking that movie. So I can tell you how it ends with the apes. They rose. They roared. <laughs> District 9. You're, you, oh, that's a good one. Is that on your list? Yeah, for sure. Oh, did you like Session 9? What's Session 9? It's that uh, mental ward horror movie f- from New England. It's like a small budget. Did you ever see that? Is that the one with the iPhone? No. Now you're thinking, thinking of something else. Right, no, Session 9 was like legitimately scary. It's um, just like two guys. And they're what? Looking around they're in an in abandoned... There? They're in a bathroom and they're chained, and one of them has to saw his leg off. <laughs> it came out when I was like mid or late twenties, and um, I watched it with four other adult men of the same age, and we stayed up in my living room all night and would accompany each other to the bathroom because we were so scared. <laughs> Respect. See? I'm surprised you didn't have uh, Shin Godzilla on this list. I would consider putting it on this list. I'm surprised. I mean, yeah, but I mean, but if you're gonna put Pacific Rim in, I, I mean, these are like American centric, you know. So yeah, like, I don't know. I was kind of so. like, I was kind of in that zone, and I just toss in a couple like foreign features that are like more like drama. That one, that that Shin Godzilla really had a profound effect on me. And that's just someone so who good. has barely seen any Godzilla movies, and that one is like had a huge impact. They they're doing a new one. Yeah, sh- minus uh, one. Yeah, minus one. Yeah. Seen you got any uh, any any input here? I can't think of what has actually come out in that span of time. You like this list, though? Like, I tried looking at... No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's lazy. Yeah? In what sense? They're all movies that... What's lazy about putting everything everywhere all at once in the top 25 <laughs> yeah. best movies? What's lazy about that? One awards. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah what's lazy about Parasite, that? Parasite. Yeah. The year before that. Yeah, I'd obviously. Yeah, that's the really number great. two movie. <laughs> yeah, number two. Mad Max I really like as being number one. That's though. a really cool pick. It it's like really good. smart that they... It's weird that they kind of like... It's surprising that other people would think that it is good because it's so cool, you know? Yeah. I guess I am sad that the only like sci-fi movie here is The Arrival, which wasn't really that good. Yeah, but what do you put? Yeah, what would well, you I mean, well, there was, like, there was like film. Interstellar, Gravity, Moon, like uh, there were all The Martian. Yeah. There were a lot of movies that were kind of the same that came out around the yeah. same time. That's kind of weird that they I feel like Interstellar in. resonated with people more than The Arrival. It's also kind of weird that there weren't more foreign films. Mm-hmm. I guess they should have. Put a caveat on, yeah, they should on really, some of these. Yeah, narrow, really. narrow the parameters a bit because it's, yeah. it's hard to like really tackle something like this. But but with just going, oh, it's every movie from the last twenty five years. It's like, dude, there's so many. Yeah, and I agree with that. Zodiac is a real weird one because it is just a movie. And uh, yeah, actually, Spotlight beat Mad Max Fury Road for, for best, best picture. picture. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, Spotlight <laughs> wasn't a bad movie by any means. I could totally see that putting on that list. But again, it just shows that it's weird. Yeah, just swap out Zodiac for Spotlight if you want to. Like, I don't know. 
Uh, where's of, M. Night Shyamalan on this list? Underrepresented is where he is. Yeah, totally overlooked. That's the overlooked. twist. They're going to publish the real list next week. So rude. Anyway, I guess that's all we have for this week. Dylan, why don't you tell the people what we're watching? Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Real Movie Masters Unlimited. And this is a line from the trailer itself. I saw it with my own two eyes. Dear God, the nun is back, bitch! That's right, The Nun 2 from The Conjuring franchise. Halloween is coming early, and let me say, I am scared already. Speaking of sequels, we're back with our favorite Greek family, the Portokalos, in My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. But this time, we're actually in Greece. Then we got this movie, Aristotle and Dante Discover Secrets of the Universe. This one looks pretty good, and I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, guys, see you at the movies. Bye!